Acme Comics is a locally owned and operated full-service comic book store in Greensboro, North Carolina for people of all ages and walks of life. Now in its 40th year, this multiple-time Eisner Award nominee features a significant contemporary and vintage back-issue selection, as the Acme team uses their collective knowledge and resources to connect you with the best material. Mail-order subscriptions to new releases are available, and all offerings are available anywhere via mail order. Follow Acme on social media and eBay, listen to the AcmeCast on all podcast services, and visit acmecomics.com for much more. Fat Moose Comics is New Jersey's best and oldest comic book store. Established in 1982 and under new ownership since 2020, Moose sells a wide selection of new and old comics from every publisher, action figures, graphic novels, posters, statues, and more. If you're looking for something and they don't have it, they can probably get it for you. They know a guy. Visit Fat Moose in Whippany, New Jersey the next time you're in the Garden State. And be sure to reach out via the Fat Moose Comics Facebook page. 30 years ago, I stood in front of a comic shop advertising the death of Superman in its window display. That moment outside Heroes World set me on a path, a lifelong fan journey leading directly from that tattered red cape to this podcast. Now, together, we mine Superman's vast 85-year mythology by examining, discovering, and reconsidering the stories that have shaped the last son of Krypton. Welcome to Digging for Kryptonite, a Superman fan journey. I'm your host, Anthony Desiato. Joining me in studio to discuss season one of the animated series, My Adventures with Superman, is returning guest, our buddy, V. Ken Marion. Welcome back. Hey, what's up, Anthony? Thanks for having me back. Glad to be here. It's awesome to be recording again uh, live in the studio. Very yeah, fun. I'm happy to have you here. This is a special interlude in our Red Skies event. So we are currently running this 13-episode event looking at all of the crisis-level stories that DC has published. But instead of taking a week off for Labor Day, I thought it would be fun to just press pause on Red Skies for this one week and do this special special presentation on this just-completed season of My Adventures with Superman, in large part because I just had such a great time watching it, and I wanted to compare notes and, and see how you felt about the whole thing. So maybe we could just start there, just big picture. Did you, did you enjoy the first season? Oh, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. It was, man, it's been what I've been wanting for, like, the kind of energy I've been feeling Superman's been needing for a long time. And it feels like this sort of infusion of like fresh blood to like the the mythology and like the, the character. So yeah, I've, I'm totally digging it. And um, yeah, man, and you liked it. You, you were, I, I really did. Nice. I really did. So first off, let me say there will be spoilers. The season just concluded. So we're recording this over Labor Day weekend. It'll go up right after Labor Day. So very recently, the season just wrapped. I will say, I, I was totally blindsided by that because like I knew we had this recording coming up and like last week and I was like, oh yeah, we're going to be recording this. And then like when I went to watch this, the episode last week, because my, my, my routine these last 10 weeks has been Saturday morning eating my Magic Spoon cereal and uh, watching Superman. So but like, yeah, it was like episode nine. I was like, wait, I thought this was going to be like at least 13 episodes. Wait, it's wait, are we not recording at the end of this? And then like, I think I texted you and you're like, no, it's only 10 episodes. I'm like, what? Oh man. I know it, it flew by, but yeah, we will be discussing spoilers. So if you haven't watched the season yet, if you haven't finished it and, and you intend to, and you don't want anything spoiled and maybe I never, I never want to discourage people from listening right away, but maybe let this episode sit for a little bit, but hopefully 
everyone is on board with this. And, and I wanted to do this episode now because the sense I've gotten, you always get a mix of opinions out there, but the sense I've gotten is that this has been generally very well received. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So it seems like there's a lot of excitement and I was like, well, let's just strike while the iron's hot. The season finale just aired and we'll get into this. But yeah, this is My Adventures with Superman. And I was looking up the development history of this because it felt like, man, this has been in the mix for such a long time. And it has. They announced this back in spring 2021. Okay. It was announced that it was picked up for a two-season order. And at the time, it was going to air on Cartoon Network and then HBO Max. And of course, over these past couple of years, we've had a lot of things shift. Certainly, we had James Gunn take over DC Films, and that now includes television and animation and video games. So he's overseeing that whole world. We had HBO Max transform into Max yeah, and all of that. I still would love to be inside those meetings when someone yeah. had that idea and they were like, yes, <laughs> let's, yeah. take, let's take the most iconic, recognizable part of this name and lop it off. Anyway, <laughs> but- I think there was a lot of, there were a lot of questions and, and concern about whether or not this series would make it. And there was also that Bruce Tim produced Batman, uh, Cape Crusader animated series. Did that ever come out? Not yet. They okay. have, I think that's going to be on Amazon if I'm not mistaken, but. Okay, weird. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, that was another thing that I think originally was going to be HBO Max. I'm not positive about the, the, the background of that per se, but all to say that we've been hearing about this for a while and I think at, at most we got the logo and those those preliminary character designs and mm-hmm. this overall premise that it was going to be about his early days and that it was really going to focus on the the relationship with Clark and Lois. Yeah. And that was kind of all we had and we knew from the jump from those from those designs that it was going to have this anime yeah. infused style. So that was I kind love of, the style of the show, yeah. That was kind of like what we had and then finally we learned it was coming. We got a teaser. We knew it was going to be on Adult Swim and then Max and all of that. And we it has been confirmed that H, that two-season order is the case. And okay. so one of the producers did an interview with the like Superman homepage, and she talked about how they've already been working on season two. So season two is coming. We don't have a release date, but okay. as, of, as of this recording, but yeah. who knows? So, uh, so yeah. But I guess as a starting point, when we first heard about the show, when we first saw those designs. And like, I know you are an anime guy. Were, mm-hmm. were, you, yeah. were you initially... Yeah, I was down with it. The only the only thing that the only design choice pretty much in the entire show that I don't like, well, there's two things. One, I don't like that he's got the red underwear. Like that that, that that's a whole that's just a personal thing. But I, I also I wish Lois had like longer hair. That's like the only like design choice. But other than that, like I think it looked great. Like all the characters had such a cool look. All the villains I thought looked so dope. Like they all had like this huge glow up, in my opinion, of like what they were like Deathstroke looks awesome in this you know like and um mixelplick like well i mean i'm sure we'll get into all of it but like i was super down with all of it i loved the design for both clark and superman because i felt like they both felt like traditional versions of the character while also feeling like modern and anime influence at the same time does that make sense yeah like i, I thought that was and i like 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 the hair specifically, like how when he's Clark, it's forward. And when he's Superman, it's back and up. Like it just something simple like that, like changes this whole like silhouette, you know? And like it, it, it just, it really works for me, man. Like I, I thought it was great. What about you? What did you think of the designs? Yeah, no, overall, I really, I really enjoyed them. I, I, you know, I don't want to sound like an old man or a downer, but I think initially I, I was, I was excited at the prospect of a new Superman animated series. Mm-hmm. It is crazy to me that it has been 
as long as it was since we had Superman, the animated series. And yes, of course. Last one. Yeah. Oh my God. That is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And certainly of course that version of the character continued in justice league and unlimited, but that's a, those are team shows. I mean, that's still 20 years ago. (laughs) That too. I know. So then the notion that, Hey, we're actually getting a new Superman animated series. I was excited about that. I'm not an anime guy, nothing against it, but it just never grabbed me. So the notion that, okay, it's going to be in that vein didn't really light my fire. Mm -hmm. And then I guess, I don't know, I I guess from the art and just the description initially, even before we saw a teaser or anything, I just didn't know what the tone was going to be, if it was going to be aimed at. At a, at a younger audience. Like I just didn't know what yeah. to expect. And I was a, maybe a little, a little hesitant. And then we got to see more in terms of the trailers and then uh, they dropped that two part premiere. And man, I was just, just instantly sold love the energy of the show. Yes. Love the energy and this, and the setting and the use of the supporting cast. And it, it reflects so many of the things that I've been, I've been talking about on the show of like, this is what yes. I want to see in a Superman project in terms of the origin and the relationships and the secret identity and the focus on them as reporters. It just checked so many of those Dude, boxes. I'm right there with you. Like literally when I was watching it, like around episode three or four, like low, um, well, I almost said Lois. Laura started watching it with me because she would like come out in the morning and like, she's like, what are you watching? Like this new Superman show. And she was like, and she really likes anime too. So she was like, I was watching. She's like, this is actually like really good. And I was like, it's almost as if I feel, I feel like I've talked about this in other podcasts and with you, I honestly feel and this. This isn't just like me being hyperbolic because it's new and it's fun and stuff. But like, this is probably the closest of Superman of what I've seen in my head all the time of my life. I mean, it's not a hundred percent, but like it is so close to what I've always, it's like almost like the show is like, made for me in some way like from like the pop punk intro which i love like it just kicks it off with this super high energy and like and just the way that like like when when they draw the city it's like a bird's eye view that's like fish angled so it's got that really dynamic look and then like the fights are all like hyper kinetic and like it shows off his powers in like the best ways possible like i'm like man this is like it's almost as they like reached into like my head they're like what would you do with superman okay we're gonna make a cartoon out of it like i know no that's the thing i like yourself, I don't want to, I don't want to be distracted by the shiny new thing. You know, we we spent a lot of time on the show talking about Superman the animated series, and having recently revisited it, man, it held up great. And, mm-hmm. and I, I still look at that for me as far as Superman and animation, that's the gold standard. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm you know I'm watching this. There's only ten episodes so far. Yeah, it's only it's, ten episodes. But it's yeah. just, I I think you know when we we talked about this when we covered the Superman the animated series it's like one of the things that the show wasn't really built for was the romance there were there were hints of it and mm-hmm. certainly by the end of the series Lo, Superman and Lois share their kiss but again that was not at all a driving force of the show no that's like the crux of this show which is like such a cool interesting take for doing for for especially for like a show. and you're right like I I feel like at first glance just looking at the promo art it was like is this going to be like a, like a super like aimed at kids show? And it's like, I don't feel like it is like it almost, it it's, it's create Like I know we keep saying the anime thing, but it, to me, it pockets right into that, like teenager to like early twenties kind of demographic that like so much anime kind of like is aimed at. And like, it just, it, it feels like if you were a kid, like, like, you know, you're 10, you could watch this and enjoy it. And you, if you were like, in high school, you could watch this and enjoy it. And if you're like old, like us, you could watch it and enjoy it. Like it just, it kind of like, fits like all of it in, in a really smart way 
No, that's a great way of putting it. I, I agree. I think it's it really is sophisticated and nuanced enough where it's holding our interest as mm-hmm. adults. And yes, we have this built-in affinity for the characters, but it's like we don't have nostalgia for this particular show. It's mm-hmm. brand new to us. Exactly. It's still holding our interest. Yet, I agree. I think younger people, <laughs> this sounds so old, <laughs> like the youths <laughs> would enjoy it as well. I, Milo's too too young to actually watch it, but I did show him the, you know, the 22nd intro and he yeah. liked it. He was watching it. So, yeah. cause it's, you know, it's fun. It's bright. It moves. Yeah. The music's cool. The music, yeah. the music. Oh dude, the music, like, like I, I'm a big, like punk rock. I like, like Blink-22 is my favorite band. Like, so like, like that's the kind of music I always listen to when I'm drawing. And to me, like, I'm sure it's different for other people, but that type of music is so ingrained in comic books for me, just like in my head, that, that kind of like fast energy, like that upbeat and like having that on the show is like, man, Superman's been needing this for so long. Cause like the orchestral music's great, but it's like, like there's something that just like, like so much anime has that type of music intro too, where it just like, it gets its popping and like, it just gets you like hyped. It gives you that like, yes, like it's going to start kind of thing, you know? Yeah. I only skipped the intro a few times just in the interest of time. Mm Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I've watched it. Yeah, it, it's so fun. So I watched the two-part premiere when it when it dropped on Max. We, we're cord cutters now. We we ditched the cable. So I don't, I don't have Adult <laughs> Swim. Yeah, so I wasn't watching it on, on the regular television. But uh, I was waiting for Max. And I watched the two-part premiere. And then I watched episode three the following week. And then, then we went on a trip. And then I just kind of... I can't say I lost track of it. I knew it was out and people were messaging me about it and I was seeing people post yeah. about it. I was like, I've fallen behind. It was the same thing that we always talk about where it's, unless I'm doing an episode about it, it's for whatever reason, like I'm not, I'm not staying on top of it. So that was the other reason why I was like, well, let me do an episode and that way yeah. I know I'll finish it. Nice. So I ended up over this past week, I started from the beginning. So I rewatched those first three and then I caught up on four through nine and then I watched the the season finale uh, the, the day that it dropped. So it's relatively fresh. It played great, uh, you know, especially binging them in that way. Like, it was so cool. The biggest and best compliment, I know this is a Superman show, but bear with me. The biggest compliment I think I can give this is that it reminds me in all the best ways of the spectacular Spider-Man animated series. Did you ever watch that? I've never seen that one. That was the one that was on like the mid 2000s, right? Yes. Yeah, I've never seen that one. And it is from Greg Weissman who did Gargoyles. Like, it is... Again, as much as Superman is always number one and DC is number one, but on the Marvel side, Spidey's my favorite character and is one of my favorite characters in all of comics. And that is, again, not to be hyperbolic, but that's my favorite incarnation of Spider-Man. Like This mm-hmm. animated series was incredible and it only lasted a couple of seasons. But, and it's hard for me to put my finger on exactly what it was. It's just, I think the kind of the vibe of it, the spirit, the energy, but most specifically, that show and this show, they do such a great job of weaving in so many of the supporting cast members in ways both traditional, like Perry White, for example, mm-hmm. and a little bit more unexpected. But they, there never feels like there's a wasted character on the screen. Like if someone's there, they're someone. And yes. it might be, you know, we'll get, I'm sure we'll get more specific about this, but like Alex, Ivo's assistant in this, presumably Lex, right? We don't know exactly where that's going to go. I didn't put that together. Holy crap. You're right. I didn't put that. I did not put that together. You're but, right. And yeah. the thing is, it could very well be Lex or they could go in a different direction, but the potential is there. And yeah. as you're watching it, it's like, oh, this, you know, red hair assistant named Alex who hates Superman. And, you know, it certainly feels like it's going that way. They could still pivot. But it, again, it's just, and, and Spectacular Spider-Man did that as well. And Spider-Man mm-hmm. is an you know, amazing supporting cast and they utilize them. 
And that was the other thing here between the <laughs> the Daily, Pan- Daily Planet dream team <laughs> yeah. of uh, Kat and Ronnie and Steve Lombard. And, I love Steve Lombard in this. It was like the show gave like yeah. it gave Steve Lombard some some depth and some yeah. insight into his character. It was again. So really, that was what I was thinking as I was watching. And so once I made that connection where I said to myself, this reminds me of Spectacular. Yeah, I was totally sold. It's but spectacular is you got to watch it. It's so good. Okay, yeah, I'll definitely check that out for sure. Um, but dude, you're blowing my mind with the Lex thing, and I, I just realized talking to you about this, like Lex wasn't in the show, like like in 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 any like major like if that was him, then then he was, but like it wasn't like a ma- like I didn't realize it if it was, you know what I mean? Like, and, and that is I think another reason why I liked it so much is because it felt so fresh. Like the characters they used were like way different version like silver banshee and like uh live wire they're all like kryptonian tech based like and, and i thought that was cool i mean i'm sure if you're like a hardcore purist you probably don't like a lot of the choices made in the show but like whatever man what does that even mean anymore there's so many different versions of superman in the comics themselves that like it's like you know as long as it's good who cares you know i thought about that so virtually all of the villains that we see here their powers are based in Kryptonian tech. Mm-hmm. And I think Silver Banshee is the biggest and best example of a departure from the comics, right? Where mm-hmm. the comics is a supernatural being. Now, I had the same thought as you. I've talked about Silver Banshee before. Not my favorite character in the world. Yeah. Don't really care for the supernatural side of things. So for me, kind of twisting Silver Banshee into this tech-based villain Yeah. I was fine with, but I could see, I mean, I don't know how many silver banshee diehard fans there are out there, but I'm sure there were some, and I I could see someone being like, Hey, that's not silver banshee. But for me, I was, I that was totally fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think parasite, I loved what they did with parasite. So parasite and a lot of the Kryptonian like mech robots looked very much like the Evangelion robots. Are you aware of that cartoon show? I, I never watched it, but I'm a very, I'm like, I'm aware of like the aesthetic of what they look like. And they, they basically like, like it, the main one is like this purple robot that has like a fin and like two eyes and a mouth and like these big shoulder things. It looks almost exactly like parasite. So I'm like, they definitely like aped that for parasite, but like I had no problem with it. Like I thought he looked cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, that, that one worked well enough for me uh, as yeah. well here. So, well, let's take a step back. I I wanted to start with the design aspects, and you've hit on a lot of it already. So, I guess big picture. Let, let me ask. Look, when we have you, a comic book artist here who has drawn Superman, we we got to talk about the costume, including the underwear, added by Ma Kent, which I, I thought was so an weird. interesting interesting take. Uh, so, I was curious your take on the design and how the costume came to be, and the S in particular. So, okay. I love, I love that it's got two tones of blue. Love that. Like there's just two shades of blue. The, okay. So, and, and with the underwear, like it, it looks fine. Like I don't have a problem with it. I thought it was just a weird narrative choice that like his mom added it. Like I thought that was so <laughs> weird. Like of like, if it was just the costume from Krypton, I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, but like it looked cool without it. And then like, why would, why in like for the show that like they're trying to, which is very much grounded in now in 2023. Like it feels very much a show of now. It really doesn't make sense why his mom would do that, but you know, whatever it's, it's, it's his iconic costume, whatever. I'm fine with it. Um, the S I like the S it's, it's different. It's got a little, it looks almost like the Alex Ross kingdom come, but like almost a little more digital version. Like it's like more like squared up, but Mm -hmm. I think it's cool. What about you? Yeah, I liked it. The underwear thing, whenever this comes up, I don't, 
as a, as a Superman podcaster, maybe I should have a, a stronger take or opinion on it. I yeah. really don't. I could take or leave the underwear. I, I like the version either way. That that, that that's my me too. Ultimately, is like this doesn't ruin the show for me. Show for me because he got the underwear. And if like if he didn't have the underwear, like I I wouldn't be that big of a deal either way. It's just kind of like whatever. I I just thought it was weird that they specifically made it a story point to make the underwear a story point, which that I thought was strange. You this, know what I mean? This is my assumption. Could be totally wrong. I feel like in various comics and adaptations, we've gotten a variety of versions of how the costume comes to be, right? Mm -hmm. And typically it's one or the other. Either it's given to him by Jor-El mm -hmm. or Martha makes it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that this was their way of kind of melding the two together. So he gets it from Jor-El, but then Ma contributes to it. So yeah. I, I looked at it as as that. Yeah, it's it's a little silly, but I but I was okay with it. And yeah, overall, I like I like the costume. I like the look. I agree. It's definitely Kingdom Come esque. And we you know what I noticed. Unless I'm, I I think this this is accurate. The belt is red. That, that I thought that was weird. Yeah, the belt is red, but the buckle is yellow. So I thought I did think that was odd. That was an odd choice. Yeah, that's actually I. You know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna nitpick about something, I probably I would have stuck with the more yellow. traditional yellow yellow belt. Yellow belt with the with the with the lines the. Uh, the ringlet yeah. things around. Yeah. 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 Maybe that's harder to animate though. Uh, I yeah, don't know. Maybe. But the other thing with the look of, well, I guess both Clark, but specifically Superman, the electricity. I like that. That generates around him when, he's, when his powers that. are kicking in. Yeah, yeah. Me too. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big Dragon Ball Z guy. So that definitely hearkened to like Goku and Vegeta and those guys when they power up like the electricity and lightning. And like, that's like a big thing in anime. It's just like your key in general is like this aura power. So like, I thought that was, it just added to the uh, kineticism of the show. I thought it was very cool. I liked it too. And having recently reread the electric Superman era, it definitely calls that to definitely, mind. Definitely, definitely. And I'm saying to myself, I guess it's not it's not that shocking, but we've never gotten an adaptation of Electric Superman. And I feel like if no. it's ever going to happen, I feel like it might be in this show at some point. I feel well, like there's potential. I mean, he clearly has some kind of electric powers because like his eyes turn blue and like the energy crackles around him. So yeah, I mean, that would be cool. That would be very cool. I would. You know what it is? So the electric Superman saga in the comics, right? Late nineties. And at the time, Superman, the animated series, and then, you know, justice league that was going mm -hmm. on. But as we've talked about that show very specifically was not pulling from the, the then current comics. They were mm -hmm. really aiming for something that was going to be more timeless. Yeah. And I commend them for that. There was always a part of me that's like, Oh, it would have been cool to see like, yeah. an adaptation of this, of this or that. Uh, and then other than that, again, we've had this this huge gap in terms of Superman in animated form. And as far as live action versions, I think Electric Superman would be would be tough well, to do on like a television budget and all that. Well, well, but th like going back to what you said about timeless, though, like what does that mean? I feel I feel like like to me, like Electric Superman is timeless because that was from my childhood. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like when people say that they're like what they really mean is nostalgic to when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like. I, I know people love the Batman animated show, the animated series, the one, the Bruce Tim one, right? I sometimes struggle going back to watch it now. Like, and not because it's well-written and everything, but like the 1940s aesthetic is something that doesn't jive with me that much. You know what I mean? It's not, so, I mean, I like it in certain things. Like I love it in like the Rocketeer and stuff, but like 
like I de- I I'm someone who definitely aesthetically prefers like Batman Beyond, for say, like over over the animated series, and like, and I don't think that that animated series, the Batman one, is timeless. I think it is very much rooted in like the 1940s. Like that doesn't feel like something that is contemporary in any way, shape, or form. Like, and to me, timeless means it's like can be applied to anything. So like. I, I don't really, I, I mean, that might be a hot take. Like, I mean, I love that show. It's not like, I don't like that show. I, I love it, but I'm, but I'm saying like visually aesthetically, like I doubt me personally, I prefer the, like this, the aesthetics of this Superman show more than like the Bruce Tim style. But that's just like that. I mean, that's not, one's not good or bad or better or whatever. Like it's just two different styles, you know? No, I, listen, I get it. And there are people listening, right? Some who, who I'm sure are like, that's sacrilege. And I'm sure there are others who are like, thank you. I agree. No, like that's the thing. We all have different takes on this. And again, I love Superman, the animated series. It held up great. I watched it as a kid. I have a lot of attachment to it. But one of the things that I really liked about this, aside from, again, a far more personal look at at Clark and Mm -hmm. Superman, that first and foremost really won me over. And the focus on the romance, I felt that was, it was such a welcome angle to take for the show. Yeah. But also this show moves you know, like Superman the Animated Series, yeah, when we get into a lot of the New God stuff and things like that, those are really intense episodes mm-hmm. and a lot happens. But otherwise, look, it was a different time and a different style. And I yeah. think it's fair to say with, with both Batman and Superman in the 90s, it, you know, it was just a, like the pace was, a TV generally yeah. was slower. Yeah, you know, yeah. things are, are a lot quicker now. Yeah. And so in terms of just pure watchability and just kind of that fun aspect, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm very taken with the, with this new show. Yeah. Not not to put down the ones that came before, but No, not at all. They're, they they're iconic, they're other. classics for sure. And like we wouldn't have this show if it wasn't for those that came before, you know, like that's you know that's and that's the thing. It's like well, we do always have to hold up those Fleischer theatrical shorts. Those were just incredible. Amazing. They yeah, were those so are amazing. cool. <laughs> and you know, going back and, and watching that uh, you know, recently I was just so struck by all of those. But it's like, you know, filmation and super friends, you know, walked so that the Ruby Spears uh, cartoon in the late 80s could run, so that Superman the Animated Series could fly, so that my adventures with Superman could plunge into the heart of the sun. Yeah. It's like, you know, all <laughs> of these that. things have to, have to build. And so, and, yeah, it's, and look, it's so true, yeah. And I, I single out the Ruby Spears one in particular, because that, that one, you know, forgotten by many people. I didn't even know it existed yeah. before I started this podcast. But I watch it, and it's like, oh, hey, this feels so much like a bridge between Super Friends, which was, you know, again, very, you only kind of got so far in terms of character or anything like that, right? Yeah. But it was it was still a solid sort of classic depiction of Superman. You show yeah. that to someone, it's like, oh yeah, that's Superman, to what we would get with the Bruce Timm series. It, like, and the Ruby Spears thing kind of walked that line and felt like a bridge. And so, you know, all of these things, you know, build upon each other. So um, yeah. it just shouldn't have taken... <laughs> long to yeah yeah one. right I, but like, it was worth the wait man like i really want to get into like the character stuff with you too because like the first i mean what sold me on the show what and this is gonna sound so weird because like i'm a big action guy and like and the action of the show is so well done like like it is so well animated like and we'll, we'll get into that but like what sold me on the show is in the first episode when clark first meets lois and he's at like the bodega getting donuts and because he's going to the for, to plant for the first time and he like bumps into her and whoever hasn't seen the show, like he bumps into Lois and he's holding donuts. I believe, or he's, he's picking up, he's picking up donuts from this bodega and the lady's like, 
oh, I can't remember exactly what it said, but she's like, he's got, he eats so much. Here's this special donut bib. He gets the sprinkles all over him and he's like super embarrassed. And like, I was like laughing so hard that I'm like, that, that is like a level of like, like humor and nuance that it's not like over the top goofy. It's like very realistic, but like at the same time heightened and like, it, it was just, it felt like, like again, like this is the kind of energy Superman's needed for so long, in my opinion. And like, I, I, I loved that. like that interaction. I was like, this is great. Like this has me hooked. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, there, the show overall is just endlessly charming and endearing. And mm-hmm. you, you really feel for these characters and there's a, there's a believability. Cause I think you, little details like that and little moments like that make them feel like real people. I, I know I always quote the, the one moment from the, this is the first season of Superman and Lois when, uh, you know, Clark is talking about the festival and he wants the, you know, bacon wrapped chocolate or yes. whatever it is. Yes. And he's like such a geek about it. But yeah. It's like, yeah, man, that feels like something that, yeah, he would be excited about. Yeah. And it's just like, it adds some flavor and texture to these characters. Mm-hmm. And even just that, that first moment where they bump into each other and you see instantly that mutual attraction. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's one of the things that was, that was so cool about this was, it, and not as Superman as Clark. Not that's yeah. the thing. It's as Clark, and it when it really went both ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was cool. And we're talking characters. I know I've been framing this in terms of oh the romance with with Clark and Lois, and yes, that's a big part of it. But Jimmy, yes, it's like yes, Jimmy's great in this show. Someone finally figured out how to do Jimmy. Yes, yes, he's not he's not like the 1940s like dork with the bow tie. Like he's like a cool modern character, and he's like he's like energetic. And I love, I love that they're in college. Like I love that him and Clark are roommates. I love that they're interns. Like, I think that is like such a good twist on it. And like Jimmy being like obsessed with UAPs and UFOs, which is very timely right now with all this going on. Like, I just thought it was like, they nailed Jimmy. Like they did him so well in the show. They really did. I mean, they're really this trio. And like you said, Clark and Jimmy are roommates and then they're all interns at the daily planet together. Lois has been an intern already. So Mm -hmm. she's, senior to them but they're they're still all at this entry-level position and trying to make it as reporters and you know spoiler alert by the time we get to the season finale they are bumped up to to full-fledged reporters but yeah i think that was a great place to start them mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons but i mean for one thing it's just it's fresh right yeah. normally i mean i guess on smallville for example he starts but even there he's still like a cub reporter yeah <laughs> <laughs> right off straight off the farm yeah <laughs> But no schooling, no, no degree, nothing, nothing, no nothing. experience. Yeah. But so, you know, I think that puts a, a fresh twist on it and it gives them something. It creates some tension, right? They're trying to prove themselves to Perry. Mm-hmm. Perry wants them to fulfill a very certain function, make copies, make coffee and copies. Perry's great in this show too. Yeah. He's like dead pan, like just annoyance with them. Great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no, I mean, I think, I think that's great. And, and to see Jimmy's feeling left out at points where, especially where Clark and Lois are, you know, kind of going on their journey together yeah. and all that. And and then Jimmy, like you said, he, he's got this, uh, this, uh, you know, video blog, he's his flame bird and, and he's, uh, you know, talking about UFOs and all this stuff. And then of course, after Superman makes his debut, he's covering Superman. And I just, it was so funny to me because he gets to the point where his blog, his YouTube channel, whatever you want to call it, blows up and he's got millions of followers. And, as someone doing a podcast in the same kind of vein, I'm saying to myself, 
you have five million followers. You don't need to be an intern at the Daily Planet. <laughs> well, I mean, the, he he has a great little tag at the end, yes. which is a spoiler. Okay, spoiler warning, everyone. But at the very yeah. end of the the season finale, they're having Thanksgiving dinner. And it's after the big action set piece happens, and they're singing Thanksgiving, and they're like, and Jimmy's like, oh, they're like, oh, Jimmy, what did Perry want to talk to you about? And he's like, oh yeah, I sold Flamebird to the Daily Planet for five point three million dollars. I'm rich now. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. It was such a great payoff because I had that thought. I'm watching. It's like, man, if you have, if you have, uh, you know, a, again, a, a channel, a show, whatever, with that kind of reach, like, yeah. monetize that. You could go nuts. And so the fact that Daily Planet saw the value in it, the idea though that the Daily Planet would be financially able to make that kind of purchase. Well, the newspaper business is doing pretty well, well. I mean, if in this world the Daily Planet's like the New York Times, then like I could see that, right? I could see the New York Times like buying like I don't know. You, know, you don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I guess circulation's up with Superman. Yeah, 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 yeah. But now that was yeah. I mean, it was, it was great. And then still, obviously, so much to unpack. But uh, you know, we, t- we talked about how we got the costume and everything. But whenever we're watching a new take on Superman, always watching to see how they're going to depict the origin. And there are certain beats that we've seen play out differently across time and media. They like skipped it in this one though. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you know, we start on just young Clark playing in the front yard and then there's the woman who's losing control of the car and his powers kick in and he's able to save her Mm -hmm. and all that. And, uh, and then we see Ma and Pa take him out to the field and show him the ship that he arrived in. Which is massive in this it's version. Gigantic. It. Yeah, yeah. It, like it's like the size of the Titanic. It's huge, which is I'm like, that's kind of cool. <laughs> They're changing it up, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I I guess I I oh, and it had grown. I guess that was the other piece that they Oh, did they say that? Yes, yeah, they okay. said it got bigger. Oh, okay, I missed that. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean, I guess if it's that massive and it just kind of crash lands and then they bury it. Maybe in some ways that makes more sense than them somehow, even a smaller ship being them being able to transport it just in the back of their truck. Yeah. Like how did they bear? Yeah. That's, that's a good question. <laughs> that's something I never thought that option, but. But so young Clark has this moment in the, in the pilot where he stands on the ship and it activates. Right. And we see all of these pieces of the ship emerge and, and we meet holographic uh, one-eyed Jor-El. Bad, badass Jor-El, it's yeah. It's a badass design, yeah. right? I loved it. I loved it, yeah. Yeah, Very the long cool. beard. Yeah, right? beard, beard, long hair, white, his, his suit was, I, I felt like he was almost a little shout out to the Marlon Brando version because he had his suit was white and black. It was like very like just clean, like, yeah, it's cool. I feel like, again, I, I, not that, oh, everything that they're doing is just an homage to something else. I think what they've created is is, is something very fresh and, and all mm. that. But I, yeah, I mean, I feel like maybe in terms of the visualization of Jor-El, yeah, it's a nod to Marlon Brando, but then I think the- Russell Crowe a little the, bit. Yeah, like yeah. that's the thing, because the Russell Crowe version, like that was a, a very active physical yeah. Jor-El. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you get that sense from this guy. And then you With add the, the iPad. Yeah. And then you add the iPad, and I was like, oh, there's a whole new game here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, so I guess one of the things that, I feel is unique to the show is the language barrier. Yeah. Which, yeah. which persists. Like I, you know, I'm watching this and it's like, Oh, okay. Jarrell speaking in Kryptonese and Clark can't understand. And I, you know, you would assume there is some kind of translator device that would kick in. It never does. No, it doesn't. Yeah. And it, it worked though. I thought that worked fine. And like you get the very, at the very end, like, um, like you get one moment where he's speaking in English where it's like, it's like he's speaking Krypton, but like you're, it, the idea is that you're switching to his perspective and like you hear what he says. 
and he's like, it's like, you know, live Clark. Like, and he like, and he shoots him out into the pod, which is like kind of like more like the traditional Superman like ship, you know, that sort of shoots out from his massive Titanic ship, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, yeah, it is a great moment in the finale where Clark's on the ship, which had activated to protect him from kryptonite. And he's then using the kryptonite to, to shut down the ship and Jarrell puts him in this pod to save him. And yeah, that was, that was a really cool moment. I mean, it was, I thought it was a curious choice to me to not have them be able to understand each other. But then when you see the way the season unfolds and you get the backstory of Krypton on earth, Mm -hmm. then it, it makes sense because I guess if they were able to understand each other, this would be solved a lot, a lot faster and a lot more easily. So, but you know, that's the thing. And whenever we look at these origin stories, I, I feel like this is not the only instance where Clark has become Superman without really knowing who he is and where birthright. he comes from. But it's like birthright. Yeah. But, uh, and anyway, even something like Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman. I mean, it's, yeah. he knows, he, you know, the, the sh- no, finding the ship is one thing, but knowing that he came from this doomed planet and who his parents are and what his real name is, like all of that stuff it came later. And, and same thing here, which I, I don't know. I, I guess my preferred version, I like him to have the pieces of where he came from before mm-hmm. he takes that step as Superman, but it's not the hill I'm going to die on. I think yeah, it yeah. works in this story. Like it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I think in my, if I'm building my perfect origin in my head, I think I like him to have a quest. I don't like when it's too easy. Okay. Like yeah. Superman, the animated series, I love it, but it's like, he finds the thing and it's like, he's told everything he needs to know. And like, that's it. I like, I like there to be a quest, yeah. but then I guess I like for him to, he completes the quest. He knows who he is. He becomes Superman. But. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I, I like, I guess, most of the origin stuff I could take or leave either way. Like I'm not super attached to any of it other than I prefer his, I guess, upbringing sense of morality, all that. Like I prefer that to come from the Kents. Yeah. Like, and that's the one thing, like one of the things about the man of steel universe, this accident stuff that I felt like personally for me, they lean too heavy on like Jor-El guiding him instead of like his parents. And like, I like it when his parents are the ones who, cause, cause to me, like, that's kind of like the beauty of Superman is that, yeah, he's this super powerful alien, but like he is who he is, is because of being a human being. Like, like that's what makes him like the immigrant kind of thing. Right. And so like, I like the idea that mentally he's a human, you know, and he's not like being like kind of forced this information through Kryptonian like means, you know? So. No, absolutely. I mean, look, the, the influence of the Kents is the, secret ingredient to the character right this yeah. idea that well, i was thinking about this uh actually on the drive over to, to pick you up and just the origin and, and all of this and why one of the reasons i love the character so much and, and everything and it's like you know he's he's never alone right even from the start he has jor and lara put him in the ship and they get him to jonathan and martha mm-hmm. right who who don't raise they don't raise a superhero they just raise a good man and that's yeah. all he needs to be to become that superhero. And and so I, I love it. And I, I mean, look, we're half hour in. I still haven't said this. The Kents are alive. Yes. The Kents yes. are alive. In both this. of them. Both of <laughs> both them. Both of them. Thankfully. Again, I feel like some, I know the show is, the cartoon has been in the works for a while, almost since the, like around the time we were starting this podcast, but I feel like someone's been listening. <laughs> it's like, I'm not saying it. No, that's the thing. Like, I love, I love that they're both alive. I thought it was interesting though. I feel we don't get a ton of the Kents in this yeah. a little bit, but I feel like it's, they lean in, uh, they lean on Ma more than, more than Pa. He doesn't have a ton to do in these. 
Yeah, he's got great humor in the last episode when he's cooking that turkey. Yes, he's yeah. really the turkey is like his big thing in this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> in this first season. But no, I love that they're both there. And and look, in most incarnations, Jonathan gets the lion's share of the scenes and the words of wisdom mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So I'm glad that they that they shared more of that with Ma. But yeah, that they're both there, and I'll forever respectfully disagree with Mark Wade. It's like I don't think Clark flying home when he's struggling with something. It infantilizes him. I feel like it, it makes him human. It makes I, him human. I feel like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, and I love that in this show. And you, again, you only get it in the last episode, but like, it's enough that it can like make your imagination pop where like both Lois and Jimmy also have relationships with his parents. Like, like they, they seem to like be very tight with his parents. So it's like, it kind of extrapolates this whole thing. Like, Oh, they're just like, you know, they're very friendly. Like they're, they're like a big family kind of thing, you know? And like, I think that's a very cool aspect. It kind of like harked, harkened my mind back to like something like the OC or something, you know, where like it's like this sort of this family dynamic that, um, again, like I feel like it works so well for Superman. Like these, I feel like the ingredients were there for years. And it's like this show is finally like, these things that I've been saying and thinking like they're finally like lining them up into a way where I'm like, yes, it works. It totally works this way. No, that's the thing. And it's like the. And again, like you said, we just get the, the the beginnings of this in the season finale, the Thanksgiving episode, where you see them all gathering at the Kent farm for the holiday. And yeah. But yeah, you get to see Jimmy interact with the Kents yeah, and yeah. Lois. And, you know, Martha has a great scene with Lois where she's like, thank you. Yeah. You know, thank you for being there for him. And, and you know, that was, yeah. I, I love that. Like, like you get the vibe. This isn't the first time Lois has met his parents. Like it, you, you, it feels like she's known his parents for a while. And it, it, it feels like. Jimmy and Clark have been friends for like years through like college and stuff. Yes. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like I've, I've had friends like that that have like come home for Thanksgiving, like from college who didn't live close, you know? And like, so it's like, I, I've like a lot of friends like at college that like, I've like three or four of them where it's like, they're like almost like brothers, you know? And like, I feel like that, having Clark and Jimmy have that kind of like super tight bro, like, like friendship is like, I think that's like, it, it make it, it works so much better than like Jimmy being like, Oh shucks. You're so awesome. Mr. Kent. And just like following him around, you know? <sighs> That's the thing. And yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And yeah, just the diff- the different character combinations. And we're still early days on the show. I mean, hopefully it makes it past this two season order. We, you know, we might be talking well, I mean, about the let, second and final season uh, let, next, next let, year. Let, let me ask you this. Are there toys for the show? Because I don't know. Are they, I don't know. If there's not, that's a bad, it's, that's a bad sign. If there's not toys and they're not selling well, then there probably won't be more than two seasons. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to check that. Nothing that <laughs> yeah. I've seen, but that doesn't mean that, that there aren't any. Because I heard that, do you remember that show Young Justice? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I heard that the reason that was canceled was because the toys didn't sell well. And that's why they brought it back like years later on HBO max to continue the story. But like that, that was what I heard at conventions and stuff was that like, yeah, everyone loved the show, but like it didn't sell the toys didn't sell well. So like they just stopped making it. I was like, that's, that's weird. I feel like that's, that's a weird business model to have. Like, It's funny with that show. I feel like I've said this on another episode, but I watched and I love the first couple of seasons. And then I remember, I tried, I started season three, but it was like right after Milo was born. This was like, it was a newborn. So I was Mm. like so out of it. And I tried watching the start of the third season and it was very dense with all of this geopolitical maneuvering. And I was like, I cannot do this. (laughs) I was like, I cannot do this. And I never went back to it. And I feel bad uh, because I I do, I do want to eventually finish that show. But going back to Jimmy, you know, because it's like, so what did they do here that worked? Like, how did they crack the code? And I'll, and look, all to say, I know there have been other good takes on Jimmy or good Jimmy stories, mm-hmm. but 
maybe not a ton, maybe not, maybe not a ton of takes that we would really hold up as like, oh, this is, yeah. this is a compelling, you know, version of Jimmy that would, that would work today and all of that. But I feel like, yeah, like you said, making them contemporaries. Yes. I think that's huge. Huge. Yeah. And this isn't the first one to do that. I feel like even the new 52 really played more with I, that. I feel like they, they actually, a lot of the show riffs on a lot of the new 52 stuff. Like, I feel like it, it takes a lot of like what worked really well in new 52 and then blended it with work with what worked really well with like classic Superman. Like, I feel like specifically like the Jimmy, Jimmy Clark dynamic, the fact that Clark's younger, like, like I've been seeing for years, like I feel like Superman should be younger, like at least a version of him, because like, I feel like it's like more accessible, especially to like, like teenagers and like, you know, like the demographic, the stuff kind of should be for, you know? So like, and, and I don't mean like super young, like Superboy, but like, you know, like college or like right out of college, like in the show, like, I feel like there's so much a road of like story opportunities to play out that like we've never seen with Superman, you know, like, like Thanksgiving, like date with Lois for the first time, you know, like that's something that I don't think I've ever seen that in the show before, you know, like so, stuff it's like that, you know? Yeah. No, man, listen, I totally agree. And I, I feel like this space when, when Lois and Clark first get together is a space that would be great to live in for a longer period of time. Like, I think yeah. one of the things I was surprised by when I finally went back and I read the beginning part of the Triangle Era that I hadn't really read before was that, if memory serves, it was not a ton of time between Lois and Clark getting together and then the proposal. Okay. Even, look, even on Smallville, I feel like, I, I mean, I guess it was a, a season, you know, honestly, like a season of them dating or plus, I guess, but before he proposed. But I still yeah. feel like we got to a proposal like relatively quickly. Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman, they're they're not even really officially dating. And he's popping the question at the end of season two. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. And yeah. now look, all of those shows, like they still, they still, and the comics, you, you definitely still got to see the relationship develop. I'm not saying they just plunged into a, 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 an mm-hmm. engagement, but I still feel like we got there relatively quickly. And I feel like this is a beautiful space mm-hmm. to stay in where they're getting to know each other and it's, and it's fun. And not that it's not fun after you get engaged or married, yeah. but yeah, like this is a fun period. And I, I agree. Aging him down works because he doesn't, he doesn't feel like super boy. I mean, no, he's still, no. He's a man, but, yeah, but he's a definitely, man. yeah. But he's like, he's like, like, I, I'm, I'm not sure if they are in college. I, I assume they were in college like because 23. No, yeah, I think they're just out. Just, yeah, yeah. But they're like just out of college. We're like, I feel like that's such fertile ground for like these characters because that's like, that's when like life is like the hardest, you know what I mean? Cause like, it's so hard to get a job at that point. Like you're usually at the, the bottom of like whatever, like, like totem pole you're working your way up, you know, like it's, that's where like, I feel like there's so much fertile ground for like you know, like just relationship stuff and like, you know, job stuff and like all like the real life stuff that makes these characters relatable, quote unquote, on some level, like that is like the pocket for like where like those stories can like sort of be at their like most like effective, I think. So it just, it's, it's cool that they're finally doing like a story where it's like that. And like having Jimmy younger, like you said, like not young, having Jimmy the same age as Clark, like you said, so they're actually aging him up. I feel aging him up or, or Clark down, but like, and making him, have his own like fun personality where he has his own thing instead of just being like following Clark and Lois. You know what I mean? I, I agree totally. I think, yeah, making them contemporaries in age, but also making them peers at work. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's the other thing too. Cause it's not like, Oh, Lois and Clark are the reporters and he's, he's the cub reporter and he's yeah. tagging along or whatever the case may be that they're all on level playing field. And yes, that he has his own thing. Mm-hmm. with flame bird and with this obsession with ufos yeah. and it's just 
it, it gives him his own lane. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it, it just works absolutely beautifully. And the other big thing that we haven't, I think, explicitly said yet is that while the show begins with Clark hiding his secret from from Lois and, and Jimmy, Lois figures it out just a few episodes in. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy, as we find out, as when Clark starts to reveal that he's Superman, it turns out Jimmy knew all along, which chef's yeah. kiss. I thought that was great. Yeah, I, I love he's like, how did you know? He's like, He's like, dude, the door handle is like broken the first step. Like you ripped the handle off the door the first time we moved into our apartment. Like you're always breaking your alarm clocks. He's yeah, like, dude, yeah. like I just figured you, you know, would tell me when you were ready. And it was, yeah, yeah. I thought that was funny. Yeah. It's, it was, it was the equivalent of if Clark had been in the closet. Right. And mm, Jimmy yeah, realized yeah. this and he's like, Hey, you know, I didn't want to out you. I knew it was your journey and you would tell me yeah, what you yeah, wanted yeah. to and all of that. But it was just, that rang so true. It's like, yeah, that's why, again, I love Superman and Lois, and I know I've complained about this already, but it was just the idea that the, 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 their teenage sons would have no idea that their dad is Superman. You yeah. live in the same house. It's, yeah. it's mind-boggling to me. <laughs> so that was so perfect. Jimmy's <laughs> like, yeah, man, like, like I knew the first day. Yeah. Ah, that was, I, I now I always say this, but that's my, my in my head canon for Perry, too is just like perry knows he just doesn't say anything he, you know he, of course he would figure this out he's too I good mean, of a I reporter mean, george reeves perry definitely knows Th- this perry <laughs> i see i feel like it's believable when like the people like, when like yeah if people aren't interacting with superman it's believable to me right mm-hmm. but like if if people are having like like on superman law is a great example of this like how lana doesn't know that superman and clark are the same person is like absolutely ridiculous because like they don't even like try to change what he looks like at all you know what i mean like so it's like like on that that that's where but like this version of perry like never interacts with superman at all right yeah so i could see that he he almost i get this perry to me i feel like doesn't give a shit he's just kind of like whatever we're selling papers (laughs) you know yeah yeah that's true because he's not he's definitely not the Lane Smith, Lois and Clark version. It was a very warm paternal parent. Yes, yeah. But I guess my, at first glance, I kind of just lumped him in the gruff Adventures of Superman style Perry. But yeah, yeah, there is, there is more of a distinctiveness to this character. It's not just, he's not, again, he's not like overly gruff. It's really more, I think, yeah, just like business, like just yeah. all business sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is when he does promote them at the end. That was yeah. a nice moment. Yeah. That was a good payoff. The first episode had a great line, I think, where like Lois, I think is like, we're going to be, we're going to be, I can't remember exactly what she says, but, but Perry's response is, you're going to be getting coffee and making coffee. It's like, like, and it's like this like great, like just like slapping down, like any kind of ambition that she had to be this great reporter. He's like, no, 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 no. You're getting coffee and making coffees and that's it. Like, yeah. Oh Yeah Comics celebrates and promotes everything that is wonderful about comics, toys, artwork, and the joy they bring to people. Visit them in person at one of their three locations, Harrison, New York, which happens to be my local comic shop, Skokie, Illinois, or Muncie, Indiana. If you have children and have been looking for a family-friendly store, look no further. Join Aw Yeah for exciting events, including creator signings, how-tos, and more. Visit awyeahcomics.com and follow Aw Yeah on social media for more. Their name says exactly how they feel about it. Say it with me. Aw, yeah. Filmmakers and movie fans alike should be sure to attend these film festivals. Brightside Tavern in Jersey City, Hang On to Your Shorts in Asbury Park, Point Lookout on Long Island, and In the Cut in Bloomfield, New Jersey. 
On a personal note, my short film, By Spoon, The J. Mizell Story, played at these fests, so I know firsthand what fun and well-run events they are. Submission information for filmmakers, as well as details about the festivals, can be found at filmfreeway.com. Follow the festivals on social media for news about events, discounts, tickets, and more. Also, listen to the Hang On To Your Shorts and Cullen On Film podcasts, available via a shared universe network. Thank you to all members of my Patreon community for supporting this podcast. If you like what you hear and are not a member yet, please consider signing up today at patreon.com slash anthonydesiato. We offer a variety of monthly reward tiers, and discounted annual memberships are available too. Beginning at the $1 level, you can listen to Digging for Justice, my exclusive DC Movie Rewatch podcast. Click the link in the show notes for more. If you're looking for other ways to support the show, leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcast goes a long way and only takes a second. You're also welcome to join the conversation on social media via the links in the show notes. Last but not least, we are an affiliate of BCW Supplies, so the next time you need to restock on comic book bags, boards, boxes, and more, be sure to use promo code FSP to save 10% on your order. That's FSP for Flat Squirrel Productions. It helps support the show too. Thank you. What a bold swing it was for their first, for the show's first villain. It'd be Livewire. Wasn't that like Superman the Animated Series? Was yeah. she was she the first one in that? Or would, No. Okay, okay, yeah. Because I remember, that's where I remember her from when I was a kid was yeah. the animated series, but. That's her claim to fame. That was, she originated in the animated series. And they later Did she in, really? Yeah, they later introduced her in the comics. I didn't realize that, but she was original to the show, yeah. No, I, I mean, I thought she was cool in this show. Like, yeah. And I, and I like that, I actually didn't know it was Livewire first until like things kind of like, like a lot of the villains were like that, like Silver Banshee, I didn't realize that was her until like, you know, she gets the tech and the helmet and everything. Like it was cool. Yeah. Well, all right. So I'm, I'm jumping around and jumping ahead, but <laughs> just to talk, we're talking about names and knowing, recognizing characters. So throughout the season, there is this government unit, the general and Amanda Waller and Slade Wilson, AKA Deathstroke. And they will later recruit Tony Ivo, Tony Ivo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love, I love their version of Ivo in this. Yes. Yeah. It yes. felt very true to modern day. And they are, they've had this encounter with, with a Kryptonian invasion force in the past on what was known as zero day. Mm-hmm. And they were able to confiscate tech from that invasion and used it to develop weapons in case the invaders ever return. And that's what Leslie Willis, AKA Livewire and her group steal mm-hmm. at the beginning of my adventures with Superman. And out of desperation when they're, when, when they're, uh, you know, busted, they distribute it to criminals in Metropolis. So you have an episode with intergang, this mm-hmm. show's version of intergang, a very inept group of, of, yes. uh, of robbers using it. And then heat wave in another episode. So a, a variety of episodes, uh, the Ivo one as well, where he creates this parasite armor with the tech. So Ivo and parasite are kind of the same character in this one. Yes. Which is, which is, which that's new, right? Like that's not, yeah, no, Ivo yeah, is not, yeah, yeah, no. So, and I want to get back to the whole tech side of it, but again, you have the government investigating and eventually they, they apprehend Superman and it's very, very intense, but the general is never named. He's only ever referred to as the general. Yeah. And there are a couple of beats in the season where, you know, Lois gets a call from her dad. Yeah. Right. And puts it down and doesn't want to talk to him. And 
Did you did you know that it was her dad? Well, so this is the thing. Yeah. Well, of course it was going to be yeah. General Lane, but I wonder. I, I, there, there was a small part of me that was like, "Is this Rick Flag?" Like, part of me was wondering if it was Rick Flag, but I'm like, "That's got to be." It's got. I mean, yeah, I yeah. psyched myself out because then I was saying to myself, "It's too." Like going into the finale, I was like, "It's too obvious." It's like of course we all we all know General Sam Lane, and the show established she has this a strange relationship with her father. Yeah. So of course you know he's not like the dad's popping in at the office or anything like that. No one's seen him. But then I'm saying to myself, but that's too obvious. Maybe this is going to be someone else. It's yeah. Like, no, it's it's him. But, well, but yeah. if you're like a like a ten year old kid though, that's you, you don't know that. Yeah. That's the thing, and I. I guess I had to I had to take a step back because I agree I don't think I don't think it's a failing of the show. Oh, they made it too obvious. No, for people who are newer to this, I'm sure that was a great surprise. I mean, I will go out on a limb and say that like 90% of the people who watch the show don't know General Lane is Lois's dad. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I would I would I would go out on a limb and say most people don't know that Lois's dad is a general in the army. You know what's interesting? I feel like the only thing that really would would kind of shift that a little bit is Superman and Lois because General Lane has been yes, so prominent on the that's show. That's true, yeah. But that's also so recent and only yeah. a few seasons. I agree with you. Other than that, it's really primarily been in the comics where that's been the case. And yeah. so if you're not a comics reader, really any of the other shows or movies that you're watching, you're not getting General Sam Lane. Again, Smallville would be another exception. Yeah. But yeah, it's been a it's been a while since Smallville was on, yeah. so that might not be. And and also, he wasn't a regular character there; he just popped up a few times. Yeah, so. yeah. Because even the Christopher Reeve movies, like he's not in there at all. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, th- I mean, yeah. That was a shock to me. I love this version of Deathstroke, dude. He's like basically like Nightwing, but like with white <laughs> hair. Like they did a they did because I didn't even realize who it was at first, right? And that was one of those things where it was like when like they because they always have his one eye covered with his hair and like what they made some comment. They're like, they call him like Slade or something. And I was like, Oh shit, that's Deathstroke. It all makes sense now. <laughs> Cause he had, he had the two like batons, like Nightwing and stuff. Very cool. Yeah. I think that was, I, I like the way the show is kind of layered like that, where even for us who we, we know Slade Wilson is Deathstroke. Yeah. They don't, it's not like they introduce him right away and, and, give us his full name, right? You yeah. see him interacting. I think, I think it's with Livewire first when they have their, their meeting and you don't know exactly who this guy is. And then, yeah, yeah eventually you hear them call him Slade or Wilson and you, then you, and then the eye and it's like, oh, that's him. Yeah. So, but it's a while before you actually see him in their version of the Deathstroke armor. Yeah. And then when you see it, it, it all, it all clicks into place. But yeah, I like those little breadcrumbs that they're giving you and some, you know, some more, more obvious than others. But, yeah. you know, we've mentioned Smallville a few times as we always do, <laughs> but one of the things that any Smallville fan is is well familiar with is throughout the series, but particularly in those early seasons, the quote unquote freak of the week format mm-hmm. and the <laughs> the narrative engine that Kryptonite provided that every week we were going to encounter a classmate of Smallville or, or a classmate of Clark's or a citizen of Smallville who had been infected by the meteor rock and given powers of some sort. Usually, usually an X-Men power. Yes. (laughs) And regardless of, of any, any knocks that someone might, might, might lob Smallville's way because of that, I never had a problem with it because it gave them, again, it gave them that engine. Yeah. Right. And especially in those early episodes, they're establishing the characters and the dynamics. And it's just kind of, 
helped fill out the episode and provides some action and something yeah. for Clark to do. It was always fine. And thematically, right, it would tie in with whatever personal struggle Clark was going through. Yeah. And maybe that's why I, I'm even more taken with this show because they follow a similar path with this Kryptonian tech, mm-hmm. right? That this yeah. is the basis for all of these villains, at least initially, because then it gets to the point where it, it fuses with them or where they become imbued with the powers to some, to some degree. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the, par- we keep going back to parasite, but he's a great example of that. Cause his starts off as a suit. And then like the more he gets, like, I think the more power he, he absorbs, it kind of starts fusing with his body and he basically turns into this like Evangelion, like robot, but then, then becomes like a Godzilla monster <laughs> when yes, get the end, which yes. is like crazy. But like, I'm like, that's, that's cool. Like I'm down with it. Like, but did you like the, the use of the tech in mm-hmm. this way as kind of the fuel for these these villains that Clark's I fighting? did. Yeah. yeah, I did because it was it's something that we've never seen before with Superman. Like, you know what I mean? Like, especially having it being so Kryptonian based and then also being a type of Kryptonian tech that like I've never seen before in the show that like, I can remember, you know, like we're like the Christopher Reeve version is very crystal. Like that's like the base of all the tech there. And then in Man of Steel, it's like a very like like organic rock looking kind of like you know, spindly, like metal, like, like curvy stuff. And this is like the opposite. This is all like very straight, very like angular. Um, like it just looked very futuristic, like very futuristic and like techie for less, lack of a better, better term, you know? And like, it leaned itself to making like the mechs and the, like all, all this like anime stuff that they like used for it with like the robots and the, the different like giant guns and stuff. Like, I feel like it just really worked, you know? Yeah, I did too. And I thought, I mean, not, not unlike Smallville, it provides, it, it provides a kind of a logical explanation for why all of these people are popping up yeah. at the same time, right? Yeah, that they've totally. gotten their hands on this. Yeah. So I like that aspect. And I agree, the use of Kryptonian tech like that felt, felt new. And kind of along those lines, one of the things that I, I really liked about this was there's this idea throughout the season expressed by a number of characters, particularly the general, but then certainly Vicki Vale as well when she enters the picture. Oh here yeah. 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 She was great on loan yeah. from the Gotham Gazette, but just this, this overall idea of why would, why would Superman only use his powers to help? What does he really want? Does he yeah. pose a threat? Right. This, this idea that of course was the major basis for man of steel and the whole Snyder verse and, and other stories as well, even something like birthright, right. Where the, yeah. where the citizens of Metropolis are, are pretty easily turned yeah <laughs> against him lex is manipulating them but nevertheless but just this idea of hey someone with this level of power how can we trust them yeah. what do they really want and the layer here that this show added that i don't know i guess you could argue this makes it more interesting or maybe it takes away a little bit from the more ideological questions that can be posed i think this cuts both ways but what was cool here was like oh no there was a very specific instance where it's, it seems Kryptonians invaded. Yeah. So there's a very tangible basis for the general's fears. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that because I, I feel like it would have worked either way. But I do think this kind of helped. I know I keep using this phrase, but but carving out their own lane here where mm. it's not this is not just a rehash of what we got in Man of Steel. I think a lot of those same themes are at play, but there's also this very tangible basis for the fear that the general has that hey no there's been this invasion and now this guy pops up 
And he's, as far as we know, the advanced scout for the returning invasion force. I, I yeah. just thought that was a great, a, a great spin on it. Yeah, no, for sure. Because it, it, it made like the government, like Lane and, and Waller and all them, it made them like, right. You know what I mean? Like in the sense that like, they don't know Superman. They don't know anything about him. Like all they see is they saw this invasion fleet come through. It was stopped. And now they see it coming back and they're like, we got to stop this guy. You know what I mean? Like, and from that perspective, like I liked that it didn't just make them like these, like, like angry government, like bad guys, you know what I mean? Which is like such a trope and all this stuff is like, like the government's like, we don't try, we don't know what it is. So we don't trust it. Like this is like, it gave a very real, like version, like you could understand why general Lane's doing what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I, I really like that take. I mean, what do you think we're not really given really any information about what zero day was all about, right? We know that they, it just sort of stopped presumably when Krypton was destroyed, that meant the end of that particular invasion. But I, I don't know. I don't know if the timing was meant to meant to line up. And then at the very end of the season, we see that no, that at least some version of an invasion force is still out there. We get this conversation between Brainiac and presumably Zod. Zod yeah. Though he's not named, we do get this. He says they'll kneel. They'll kneel. Yeah. So that points, points you in a very specific direction. So yeah, what do you think? What do you think or what do you hope we're going to find out about all of this Kryptonian invasion business and what's what's currently out there? Yeah, well I mean it I'm I'm thinking that like the invasion force was I mean there's two ways they can go about it. They can make it like Zod is like he tried to take over Krypton and it exploded, right? But he's still out there and he's still trying to like colonize stuff, right? Or they could go in a huge swerve and make Krypton like like a warmongering planet that is actually like like not not Zod being rogue but like Krypton's like thing could be like not a noble planet you know what I mean like that would be crazy like, how would you feel about that if they did that mm, I suppose as long as Jor-El if they if they went that route but Jor-El was the one who was opposing them yeah I, I would be okay with that yeah I feel like that, that would be for me like the key would be like Jor-El's motivation like I wouldn't love that if they made Krypton like bad, but like as long as jor good, I can like tolerate it. You know what I mean? And it, in terms of what it puts Clark through this season, I, I it's very emotionally rich because you're playing on a, on a few things here. His initial lack of knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't know where he's from. He has this brief moment where maybe he's going to get some answers as a kid, but it's, frightening and he can't understand this hologram and then he has that return trip to the ship after he saves lois and jimmy in just his sort of proto costume with the jacket over him yeah yeah. and that's where he's he's bestowed the costume and and he is shown this vision of jor-el and lara putting him in in the ship so he's he's getting some pieces but he still doesn't have clarity on Mm -hmm. it and Oh, the other piece with the Kryptonian tech in those early episodes, as he's fighting the villains and he's interacting with the tech, he's getting these flashes of Krypton and these space wars and everything. Mm -hmm. And then to get the further picture from the general about Zero Day and this Kryptonian invasion, you can imagine how that would mess with your head. This question of not just where where did I come from, but why why am I here? Why did they send me here? And it's one thing, okay, we lost our planet and this was my life raft. This was how they saved me versus... I'm meant to be an invader, an advanced scout for this invasion force. Yeah. I mean that 
you know, I, I, I liked I liked that they played with that because I think that would be very, very difficult to reconcile. Yeah, I mean, and listen, dude, if there's no toys for the show and we've only got two seasons, it's very, very possible that we might not ever find out Krypton's motivation at all. You know what I mean? Like, think, I mean, think about it. Like, we might get like another tease of Zod and that's it if the show gets canceled. Like, so <laughs> it's not sold off toys. So, I mean, you know, there's that possibility too, but I hope not. I hope this show goes for like five seasons because it's like really, like, I feel like there's so much fertile ground they have to like play with stuff that they've set up that I think it can go for a while. Um, yeah. And I, my, my theory is like, I'm, I'm thinking that. Zod was trying to conquer stuff and him going rogue is part of why Krypton was destroyed. Mm-hmm. I could see I'm, that. I'm thinking that might be the, it's interesting. I, I, well, I think we're on the same page that we want, we want Jor-El to, to remain noble. That's the yeah. most important part. Part of me feels that if it's just Krypton generally is good, but Zod represents this warring faction. Yeah. I feel like we've seen that. So I yeah. I do sort of wonder if this might be a version of Krypton that's yeah. not so great. What, what if it's like the JJ Abrams and Krypton's not dead? What if it's Jor-El's? Oh, no, 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 What if no, 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 they're coming to kill him and he's sending his kid out to save his life because he doesn't want him to be like indoctrinated into this like warmongering society. Like that, that, that's, that is a possibility that they could be playing with. Fascinating. That would not be my top choice, but I, yeah, it's I don't possible. Know. That's a, that yeah. is an interesting question. Look, we just got a version of Nick Cage on the big screen as Superman in a recent movie. Maybe someone, yeah. maybe these guys are looking at another unmade 90s early 2000s superman movie and saying oh hey like if that was the case it wouldn't ruin the show for me it would because like as long as they as long as they keep what they've got like because to me the whole krypton aspect to me like to me like most time doesn't really matter like to me it's like superman is who he is on earth and like you know what i mean like again going back to his parents like as much as they changed like that krypton stuff like who knows i don't know hmm it wouldn't ruin it for me though. Like, it, because I think the show is so unique in what they've been doing and like with the, the energy of it, that I'd still be watching it. I appreciate your open-mindedness. I don't yeah. fully share it. I feel yeah. like I not, <laughs> I feel like that, that aspect of the origin story that Krypton's gone. It's, it, to quote it's super the, important to quote the song. It's a home he'll never see. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like I would need to have that, but I agree. I think, I, I think, it's kind of up for grabs as far as what they're, what they're going to do. Now we talked about how just going back to the interpersonal aspect of all of this and, and the fantastic use of Jimmy and this great bit about how he had figured out Clark was Superman. It just didn't make a big deal out of it. Lois, how did you like, how did you like how that unfolded in terms of how she figured it out, how early she figured it out and how she forced Clark's hand to confirm it? I, I liked everything about Lois in this show. Like I thought that Lois can sometimes in the media be sort of abrasive and like almost mean, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Or, 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 or like kind of like not very interesting. Like, like I don't really think the Amy Adams version is like super interesting. Like she's just kind of like there where like this Lois is like, she's got a great personality and she's like, spunky but not like mean and abrasive it's like endearing in a lot of ways 
and like you 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 get like like as someone who's trying to like get ahead in their job and their career and trying to like, and who's very like driven. Like I totally like can relate to that. And I know people who are like that. And I've, I've been like, like that myself, like, you know, where you're just trying to like, like nothing else matters. I'm just trying to like make my career, like go forward. And like, I felt it made Lois very relatable because usually we see her like already as like the top dog and like, and almost like condescending and mean to Clark. And like, that's not what this one is. And this one made her this, that shift in her made her, I, I like, it made me like her so much more in the show than like past versions of her. I, I, I agree. I think, and look, I, I don't disagree about the Amy Adams of it all as much as I'll forever defend those movies. Mm. That incarnation of Lois, not my favorite. Yeah. I don't think she ever popped the way other, other versions have. I feel like yeah. still the best versions we've ever gotten have been on television. Yeah. And again, not to, not to be sacrilegious about them, the Margot Kidder version, but I, yeah, I mean, my favorite Lois's have always been our, our, our TV ones, our Terry Hatcher's and our, Erica Durant and, yeah. and Bitsy Tulloch and Phyllis Coates and and Noel Neal, even though really my heart is with Phyllis Coates on Adventures of Superman. But yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I think that's all spot on. I feel like yeah, sometimes she can come off as yeah, whether it's condescending or kind of a, a know it all. And but I, but I think a lot of these versions kind of set her up for that because she's the one who's been established. Yeah. She's the one who's showing Clark the ropes. And, Even, and Clark is usually shown as like, this, like a super backwards bumpkin, you know? <laughs> yes. So exactly. And look, my beloved Smallville, but yeah. same kind of thing there. I mean, she's yeah. been at the daily planet for like five minutes longer than Clark has, but yeah. still she's shown him the ropes and he shows up in his, you know, in his flannel shirt and she's yeah. got to steal a suit for a minute. It's very cute. And it's the early days of what will be their relationship. And yeah. I, I enjoy those scenes, but Something like this, where just like with, I think that's the key to this show mm -hmm. with Lois and Clark and Jimmy. They're these three young people, freshly out of school, starting at the bottom, trying to make it and each finding their own way in, in their, in, in various instances. And I feel like that's, that's the ingredient that really makes the show work. So I, I love the way she came across and yeah, just the kind of the, 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 the quirkiness, like when, yeah, she's like kind of dorky a little bit, yeah. which is like. Again, like super endearing, you know, when they're getting ready for their date and Clark is obsessing about planning the perfect date. Mm -hmm. Right. And he's got, he's got his, the bags under his eyes. <laughs> yeah. And he's got his you know murder board out of his, yeah. like, <laughs> making all these diagrams. And then Jimmy goes over to Lois and she's obsessing about a gift for Clark. Right. Figuring help him helping him figure out where he came from. She's like, yeah. I can't. There's only so much I could get him, but I am a great investigator and this can be my present to him. Yeah. And Jimmy sees Lois obsessing. And driving herself crazy, just like Clark is, to plan this perfect date. And I just thought that was such a great touch because it shows how they're on the same wavelength. And it takes different forms, but mm -hmm. they're on the same wavelength. And it's not, again, like they both have those quirks. That goes yeah. a long way. And, and I feel like they're, like, you totally buy their relationship too. Like, I feel like they're, the the the, the chemistry of the characters is done really well in the show. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, like I said, like, it's not... Clark just pining after Lois and her being like, Oh, back away, Smallville, you know, like you're too much of a geek for me. Like, you know, which is like typically the, 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 the dynamic of Lois and Clark kind of like has to like, like, uh, like, like, you know, just sh over time be like, no, I am like a good guy. You know what I mean? Where this is like, like you're right. They're on the same wavelength. And like, it felt, it, it just rang so true to me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm sure like when you were first, dating Steph, like, you know, like when I was first dating Laura, like I felt like very, 
similar like you know like scenarios and like just like emotions and stuff were were being sort of represented on the show so it, it just felt very realistic exactly and going back to the secret identity so the way lois figures it out i thought i thought this was cool where they're lois and jimmy are really into the superman story clark is is more on the track of figuring out what's going on with all of this tech yeah but i think it's it's Jimmy, right, who brings in all of those tabloid – oh, at Lois's request, he brings in all these tabloid magazines because it's like they're not finding anything that really points them to Superman in any traditional mainstream media. So they're yeah. looking at all these tabloids. And at one point, Clark finds something from an old Smallville paper about the flying boy, mm-hmm. right? And he rips the page out and he puts it in his jacket pocket. This is before they're going to the benefit at the Ivo, at the Ivo company. And – at towards the end of the episode, they're outside, it's cold, and Clark, ever the gentleman, takes his jacket off and gives it to Lois. And then at the end, she reaches into the pocket and she finds this page that she realizes Clark had ripped out of this book about the flying boy, boy in Smallville. And she's mm-hmm. looking at everything on their board and piecing it all together. And so I thought, I mean, A, I was pleasantly surprised and relieved how quickly mm-hmm. they got here. They gave us the few episodes of him trying to hide it, and I think mm-hmm. they got good mileage out of it. And then I think that's enough. Yeah, yeah. And I like that they went to the next level and that she was able to piece that together. I mean, in all fairness, that was a really lucky break. Are you yeah. finding that in the pocket? That's <laughs> <laughs> like, a short, sort of a short-circuited how much investigative work she had to do, but yeah. still. And then in the next episode, you know, she's making all these comments and she's talking to Clark about how, yeah, you, me, and Superman, we all need to get together and everything. Yeah. But then the final test, the way she forces his hand on the roof of the Daily Planet, she she falls off purposely mm-hmm. and, and Clark has to save her. Is there anything you would believe like that intently that you would bet your life on it? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, look, it's a classic Lois thing. She's always throwing herself off yeah. a building to get an interview with Superman or prove his identity or whatever yeah. the case may be. But, you know, this isn't a case of Superman to Donner cut, right? Clark didn't race down there at super speed and use his super breath to cushion her fall and then race out, right? He, yeah, he yeah. revealed himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which I liked. I, I thought yeah. that was a that was No, a I, I, I think it... it works with the dynamic of the show really well i think you know what i mean her knowing about the suit like like i I always like that in these superhero stories where like they're like their girlfriend or like or or their wife or whatever like knows that they're the and they're they're like locked in step you know what i mean like like i feel like that i don't know like it, it just again harkens to that family kind of dynamic that i was talking about before like i don't know it's it works for me it works I think it's funny because I think there's such a there's such a balance here. At one, once again, another Smallville reference, but over the years, I felt like every every time a character learned the secret, and eventually, virtually everyone did, mm-hmm. it it made that that character and that dynamic with Clark more interesting, and it gave them more places to go. Mm-hmm. Right, so generally it's like, yeah, I'm a proponent of eventually, and, and I'm not saying like literally every character, but certainly those core relationships. I, I like when we eventually get there. And look, Jimmy's a great example of he traditionally doesn't know yeah. in, in, in yeah, all these yeah. other stories. So I love that he's in on it too. Now I say there's a balance because you look at something, and I know I, I always dump on these poor Arrowverse shows, but, but, too much. but that's the thing. But I think there, it's not just that the identity is known. It's that 
I feel like the Flash and Arrow, they they lost Supergirl. They lost sight of the the grounded human element, right? It became about all of them in the bunker yeah. being a superhero team. So yeah. I feel like with this show or any Superman story, if you keep the Daily Planet setting, you keep the farm, you keep that, those as your primary settings and 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 you you generate stories from there that build out, I think that's the way to do like, this. They'll jump the shark if like Lois has like a command center and she's got like an earpiece and she's talking to Clark and telling him where to go and what to do. Like I feel like that that dynamic of those arrow shows was where I, that was where I kind of got like yeah where they veered in a direction I didn't quite like as much. You know. Also, too, when we talk about the secret identity, and we we always have to address this. How did you like the way Clark and Superman were depicted and the extent to which they were differentiated? I know you mentioned this earlier with the hair, but just yeah. even just in terms of those characteristics or the um or the voice as well. So I kind of like that there wasn't really a differentiation. Did you notice that? Like yeah, yes. him as Superman and Clark is like kind of the same person and like I actually really like that. And we were talking before the mics went live about um, who Superman really is. Is he Superman or is he Clark? And like, I actually really like this idea that there's not that much of a distinction between them. It's kind of like the George Reeves show we were talking about (laughs) earlier as well too, where like they're kind of the same guy and like, and with Jimmy and Lois knowing his identity that allows for that. Yes. You know what I mean? Because like, you know, we were saying Perry or like really anybody else in his life does not interact with Superman. So it's like, you know, there people are just seeing Superman fly down, catch something and then like fly out. You know what I mean? It's not like he's giving press conferences and stuff, you know? So I think it works in that regard. What do you, what do you think about it? I agree. Yeah. I, uh, I like that he, there's a, I don't want to use the word bumbling because we, we, we go in a certain direction when we say that, but there, there is that, 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 that nerdiness or that awkwardness. Awkward. Yeah. Like dorkiness. Yeah. Yeah. But it just feels genuine. Yeah. It doesn't. And even going back to that first scene that we've been talking about where, you know, again, the whole bit with the donuts and the bib and everything. It's like, like, he's not doing that to put on a show. Like (laughs) he, he eats 36 donuts every day and he gets (laughs) sprinkles on himself. (laughs) So it just, again, it just felt very genuine. And and yeah, I did not feel much of a differentiation. I feel like the Clark that they depict, and we haven't mentioned any vocal performances, but I, I will I will be honest, with the exception of Jack Quaid as as Clark in Superman, I was really not familiar with the, the other vocal performers. Or Alice I, Lee does the voice of Lois. Yeah, I, I actually was not aware of any of, I, I, I didn't know even know that Jack Quaid was doing Superman's voice. So that's, yeah. Yeah, and I thought he did a great job. And I felt like, yeah, I don't feel like he was doing. Uh, I mean, people might disagree, and especially if we have any, uh, you know, voiceover artists who are listening, you can maybe share, share greater insight. But yeah, I didn't feel like he was putting on a Clark voice. It just felt like that was his voice. And then, if anything, when he was Superman, it felt like he was trying to be a little bit more. Like his character was trying to be a little bit more. Yeah, a little. Yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't like over the top or anything. like this. Looks good job for Superman. No, you know no, what I mean. No, like no, it no. wasn't like. Yeah, it it almost read as though the this is like a really great vocal performance, but like it almost read as though the character himself was trying to be tougher. Yes, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah, which is really like now that I didn't really think about it, but like that's like really good voice acting. <laughs> like, yeah, he you know didn't what I mean? really. I yeah. mean, mainly I know him from the boys. That's okay. That's really yeah, I've never the, seen it. Yeah. The, oh, it's so good. Uh, but that's really the main thing that that I know Jack Wade from. Is, is that Dennis Quaid's son? 
Yeah, Dennis Quaid okay. and um, uh, Meg Ryan. Okay, okay. But yeah, he, I thought he did a great job. And like you said, we were talking about the George Reeves show before we sat down. And, and it feels in that vein where this Superman is really just an extension of, of who he is. It's, yeah. it's not, you know, and, and yeah, just like the Reef show, there's like no effort to, yeah. to try to throw people off. But yeah, here it, it totally tracks because the, the people who he interacts with in both identities know. Yeah. And again, I mean, I felt like this rang true when they're at Thanksgiving dinner and the general's there and he's like, Hey, do I recognize? Do I, yeah, like, do yeah. I know? And which is like, yeah, of course. I mean, you were staring at this guy's face when you had him strung up in that yeah. facility. So yeah, I I like that. It really yeah. it, it that felt real. And he finds out by the end too that it's, that it's Clark, right? I mean, he would have to. I yeah. feel like that would be. Like, kinda... I mean, he sees Lois like kissing <laughs> Superman. Yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. Yeah. If season two starts and he's like, We've got to figure out who the Superman guy is, I'd be like, hmm. <laughs> as far as just the characters in the mix, we've we've name checked a lot of them already. Again, I really liked this whole Anchorman esque news team of Cat Grant, Steve Lombard, yes. and. And Ronnie Troop, who's a woman in this, traditionally Ron Troop in the comics. My fa- one of my favorite bits, and it genuinely made me laugh, was when our trio goes to the prison and they pretend to be to yes. be those other three. And I thought it was just like genuinely funny. Yeah, yeah, that that was good. <laughs> that was good. Uh, we mentioned, of course, Ivo's assistant Alex, who get very much seems to be Lex. We'll see if they if they reveal that to be the case. The news kid Legion was that? Is that a real the thing? News, yeah, the news okay. Legion and okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's you know, I grew up with that in the triangle era. And, and I, I love that that one kid who's like like just like growls and was like like throwing crap around in the background. <laughs> like, yeah. I know it's so cool. I'm I'm trying to think offhand if they were I mean, I feel like Dude, Mixelflick. We gotta talk about Mixelflick. Mixus Spitalik. Oh, Mixus Spitalik. Yeah. You know the one thing that once I watched that uh the Gilbert Gottfried episode of uh, Superman the Animated Series, when he goes through that whole demonstration of how to how to say that I never forgot it. That really, like all these years. Mixius Spitalik. Mixius Spitalik. Yeah. Mixius Spitalik. Okay. But yeah, we get the, in the midst of all of like, <laughs> I, I got to give them credit. Because like in the midst of this very relatively grounded season, that's very yeah. sci-fi tech based. Yeah. We get a Mixius Spitalik multiverse episode. Yes. But dude, so I usually hate Mixius Spitalik. Okay. He, he, when he shows up, he drives me insane usually. And I'm like, I can't stand this character. He's stupid. This one, dude. I loved him. I thought he had such like a bubbly personality and like he looked like a Pokemon. Like he just, like, he just had this like, like he didn't look like a, like a little man with a hat. Like he looked, he looked like, like, a, like this blue cat, like kind of thing. And like, I love this version of Mix, Mixius Piddle. Like I even texted you about it. I'm like, dude, did you see the Mixius Piddle? And I, like, I was like, I was down with it. I was like, and he was like funny and like he, he reminded me of one of my cats. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I liked him. Like, it was cool. Yeah. I generally I've not been a huge fan of the character. I liked I liked the Superman the animated series version. I think because of that Gilbert Gottfried performance. Mm-hmm. It just again put a very distinct stamp on it. But generally, yeah, not a big Mixie fan, but I yeah. like this. And again, they did a full on multiverse better than <laughs> better than certain uh, big screen <laughs> blockbuster movies. And, and this was one of those things that, because I wasn't watching it, I wasn't current, but I, this was one of those clips that I, I I couldn't help but see on social media when Mixie transforms Clark into Superman and then into the Superman of other yes. animated projects. Yes, and we see the Bruce Tim. Yeah, the Bruce Tim, the Fleischer, the Super Friends. I, like it was, it's funny though, when I first, the Super Friends one, I, I, I took 
to be the Ruby Spears one. But then as I was reading online, I think it was meant to be mm. super friends. But yeah, to have that visual representation of these ones that came before. And we get so even cool. more when we get to the the, the Legion of uh, Lois Lane or League of Lois Lane mm-hmm. headquarters. And we see, again, other animated incarnations yeah. of that character as well. Yeah, I thought that was a great touch. Yeah, that was really cool. That was very cool. And that was the thing I was not expecting was that like the League of Loises and like the, the, the Jimmies, how they're saying the Jimmy throughout. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, that was cool. And of course, Lois you know, leaves that episode with that orb that projects mm. this image of, of Superman. It's like injustice, Superman, injustice, like, Superman. Yeah. yeah I like, mean, it's again, not unlike what we got in Superman and Lois as well. In that first season, these visions of Superman, uh, mm-hmm. Superman destroying, uh, you know, destroying Which is orb. a trope. I'm like kind of a little tired of, I gotta be honest, like bad Superman or, or just even like just other versions, like, like the boys or whatever. Like I didn't, I've never watched the boys, but like just that concept of like, this is our version of Superman, but he's bad. Like I'm, I'm kind of like a little over that, like, you know, so I know, but we'll, we'll see where it goes in season two, if anywhere, you know? Yeah, we'll see. I, I think the, um, we've covered a lot. One, you know, one of the last, I guess, big things is the, the two part zero day episode where all of these adversaries that Superman has encountered so far over the course of the season, live wire and intergang and heat wave and, Ivo Parasite uh, are organized. Wait, Heatwave, is that the Flash villain? I, I don't know if that's what they were going for. Okay. Because it was a woman. Yeah. So not Mc, McRory. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if that was, if there's a different version of Intergang from the comics that they were okay. specifically referencing or they were just using the name. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, uh, but yeah, and, and, and Slade Wilson's all organized by the general Amanda Waller, you know, Task Force X they have this battle with Superman and they really have him against the ropes, Superman, but then he's, he rallies. Right. And it mm-hmm. seems like he's, he's, he's won. And then it's the, it's parasite, right. Who yeah. really takes him out yeah, and is going to kill him. But mm-hmm. the general intervenes yeah, and then they bring him to this facility and, and imprison him. And it was, um, you really felt for Clark mm-hmm. in, in that to see him that helpless and under the red sun lamp. And then for the general to, sort of reveal that holographic display that showed what happened on zero day. And Clark cries, mm-hmm. C- cries at the sight of this and this notion of, of what he could be. Oh, how did you think about how that all played out? Uh, yeah, no, I like you just described pretty much what happened. Like, yeah, I was, I was down with it. Like, and like the idea that again, Clark doesn't know what it is. And I like, what I'd really liked about this was that correct me if I'm wrong, so my memory being fuzzy, but like general lane was like sympathetic toward him. Right. Like yeah. that's where he like, is like, wait a minute, like we, maybe he's not like the bad guy that I think, I think he is, you know? And it's Amanda Waller. Who's kind of like, no, we need to kill him now, you know? Yeah. And she lets live wire and the others go. Right. Mm-hmm. But then that creates the opening for Superman to escape. But yeah, I, you know, that's the thing I, again, I really give them a lot of credit because I, I don't want to say, Oh, for, for a cartoon, they could have gotten away with doing less, but they could have. And I feel like in terms of, of, General Lane's initial motivation, the fear of this return invasion, which felt real, mm-hmm. but then also his willingness. He's, it's not just this one-sided blind anger that nothing can cut through. When mm. he sees Superman's reaction, he, you know, there, there's, yeah. you know, it shows that there's, there's humanity there in, in Sam Lane and, mm. and, a, and a reasonableness as well, Yeah, which I really liked. And 
also too, and you know, he has a, that's the thing. Actually, Sam has a pretty cool arc over the course of this season. Even in that earlier episode when Superman is fighting Deathstroke and the robots mm-hmm. and the bridge starts to collapse and Superman's holding up the bridge and Waller's telling Slade to go for the killing blow, even though that will cause the bridge to collapse. And yeah. Sam is like, no, like yeah, this yeah. is my operation. I like that. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. Yeah, because it, it shows that he's like not evil. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like like the the character in Marvel who's like Sam Wayne, um, the Hulk villain. Um, oh, Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah, yeah. Like he's like always, in my recollection, depicted just like he's like a bad guy, right? Whereas like here, like, I like that it's like, no, it's from like more altruistic reasons why he's like not like Superman. And it's funny, we were talking about Superman and Lois, like, and we've said in the past, like Superman and Lois feels like this could be like the Smallville version of the show later on in life. It also feels like it could be this show later on in life. You know what I mean? It, it yeah. very much has that vibe of like, this show is like them in their 20s and that's them in their 40s, you know? Like it's 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 cool that the, that the, that the two, sh- that, the, that they are jiving enough together. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I like that. Yeah. There's something very cool when these, these disparate versions can feel spiritually like that they're all part of a whole, that the scene with the bridge, I know that's one that fans were talking about after the episode. Similarly, I know it was a big moment at the end of the two part season premiere when after this battle with Livewire and there's all this property destruction in Metropolis, Clark cleans it up. Yeah. As super, he cleans up after himself. And then again, this moment with Slade where he puts the lives of civilians before his battle. Uh, a lot were, of people jumped people, on that. Yeah. People sending it to you being like, this is what Henry Cavill should have done. Yes. <laughs> that's what I was getting. At. Yes. <laughs> that seemed to be the feeling that, hey, this is what Superman would do. And you do have to wonder if, I wonder if the show had that in mind when they designed those scenes. If that probably, was, you know. Probably. I mean, but see, this is a good example though of like, like this show, I feel like, you know, like we both love Man of Steel. We love the Snyder stuff. Um, but yeah, there's faults with it. Right. And that, that argument of like, like, like I, I've heard people online say like, well, Superman returns that version so much better because he saves people. And it's like, but I, my opinion on that is like, but he doesn't fight anything in the show, like in the movie. So it's like, it's kind of a boring movie. So this show is a great example of like, you can have really kick-ass dynamic action scenes, but also have Superman going out of the way to save people. You know, it's like having both like threading that line. I think that's like shows like it's nailing it, man. It's, it's, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I thought the, yeah, I mean, I liked both of those scenes here. I like them. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know as far as considering them as a, as a reaction or as a response to man of steel, it's like, Sure. I, you know, that, that's fine. I mean, I, 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 they're just different. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I feel like I, I, this might be a separate tangent, but like, I, I really hope people can just like acknowledge that there's different versions of the character. And if one you don't like, then just don't watch it. And it's like, if mm-hmm. other people do like it, that's great. You know, like, I mean, yeah, life's too short to be mad about something like this, you know? Very true. But yeah, I mean, the, uh, the cleaning up after himself, the putting the civilians first, he saves a number of cats out of trees and he just, yeah. there's, there's a very just kind of wholesome goodness mm-hmm. to this character and a, and a real sweetness that comes out as both Clark and Superman. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely. Yeah. No, go ahead. Well, no, cause I was going to say like, it's like, like you're saying, like we were, I said at the beginning of the show, how a lot of different age demographics could watch this. Like, 
this is a very kinetic action packed show, but I also do feel like it is so wholesome. Like I feel like you could show this to your son when he's like five or six and like it would be totally age appropriate. Like there's no like, there's like, there's action, but there's not like violence, you know, and there's not like blood and like, there's not like bad language and it's not like so dark and edgy and scary. It's like, it's, it, it really threads, like it feels like that pure version of Superman that like we loved growing up, you know? He gets bashed an awful lot, especially by those robots. But yeah, I know it's not bloody. It's yeah. not like bloody violence or anything. Yeah, like that. he's no one's snapping their anyone's necks. You know, <laughs> no one's heads are getting chopped off. <laughs> no, no neck snaps in this one. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I certainly I think one of the most rousing moments of the whole season is when in that zero day two parter, right? Clark's at a low point. He's escaped from the government. He's had this vision of his his people invading earth uh, earlier in that two parter, even Lois and Jimmy were, were doubting him a bit. And, and of course Lois had seen that vision of him, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So she's all of that swirling around as well. And he's having, after he escapes from, from the general, he has this big blowout battle with, with parasite, Ivo parasite. And I love how Lois and Jimmy rally the city Mm-hmm. to get behind Superman, a city that had their faith in Superman had started to waver a bit. I, I had to have a problem a little, there, there's a plot hole issue with that. So right. ex- explain it and then I'll tell, I'll tell, I'll tell my, my, my problem that I had, but. So Lois goes live on Jimmy's flame bird channel and makes this whole speech about how Superman has been there for us and we, we need yeah. to be there for him. So turn off all of your electronic devices, yeah. turn off the power to your house. Cause Par- that's what parasite was draining. Pa- pa- parasites in the middle of the city. And he's like absorbing all the power from like Metropolis. And he's turned into this giant Godzilla esque version of himself. Right. So they turn off all the lights and he loses power. And, I, and watching this, I'm like, that's not how electricity works. Like <laughs> the power still there. is still there just because the lights not on, there's still power flowing. So I think that was the one part where I was like, this this feels weird, but <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know, I know. But it was nice. You know what yeah. I liked? And this was not the only instance for Lois and Jimmy. There are numerous times where they're there for him, right? Because, yeah, Superman's always saving them, but you see times where they're there for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really like that. And also, too, the fact that his super hearing had just kicked in, so he's able to now hear the people as they're cheering him on, and, mm-hmm. and it really spurs him to victory. And I, I thought that was that was really cool. And actually, that was one of the last big things I wanted to just bring up is how this is this is still a developing Superman. Not only does he not know everything about his origin, like we talked about, but his heat vision doesn't kick in until the third episode, where he's going up against Intergang and their freeze device, right? Mm-hmm. And then the heat vision locks in. Um, and then the super hearing comes in that zero day two parter and it, it, you know, he's running himself ragged, right? Cause he's hearing everybody's cries and it's disorienting yeah. and it's throwing him off. And then yes, ultimately he's able to hear the people cheering for him and it's a nice full circle moment. But, um, did you like that? He, he didn't come into this fully formed power, yes. This power set. Yes, I do. And I, I've, I was talking to my friend, Andrew Dollhouse about this. Um, if it was up to me, I would nix the super hearing completely from him and the telescopic vision as well. I, because I feel like those two powers specifically are what make him godlike, where he can like see and hear like everything that's happening. And I feel like that's like a narrative thing where it's like that, that's where you get super, that's the scenario where Superman's hovering over the earth crying because he can't save everyone. <laughs> and like that to me is like not an interesting version of Superman at all. Like I, that's not something that I want to see. So like, 
I, I so like I do like that they held off way back from him getting the hearing. And when he does get it, he eventually gets control of it. And it's not like this thing that's like ever present, you know? Um, but yeah, if it was up to me, I would nix those two power sets just because like, like the George Reeves show, he doesn't have it. And it, it's, it's great. You know, it's like, it, it, it makes it, I feel like it, it allows the writers to write more scenarios where he's like up against hard challenges. And like, it's more about uh, like fighting the adversity that's in front of him as opposed to the adversity being, how can I do everything at once? And like, I feel like there's only so much mileage you get out of that. And it again, always ends with him hovering over the earth crying. And it's like, I don't know. It's funny you say that. Cause I had the same thought watching him deal with the super hearing in this, where it's like, man, what a curse mm-hmm. this would be yeah. to be able to hear everyone. And yes, we've had stories about how he's able, he learns how to control it. Superman and Lois, I think had a pretty solid explanation of how, he's conditioned himself to listen for disturbances in the normal wavelength, right? So Mm -hmm. for screams and and things like that. But still, even just, because I feel like in terms of level of responsibility, if you only know kind of what's What's around you, you, right? Then there's only so much you can do. But if if the whole world is, is your responsibility. But again, that's part of, in most of these incarnations, that's, a big part of what makes this character this character. But to your point, you look at something like Adventures of Superman or Superman, the animated series. He had this. Or the, or the comic books. Yeah. Like, like the, like, cause yeah. like the idea of like, well, why does he always hang out in Metropolis? Well, cause there's a lot of crime in cities. Right. But if it's like, if he has omniscient hearing vision, everything like why on earth is he in Metropolis? Why isn't he like somewhere more like central central? Like, yeah. 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 Like the middle of Africa or something, you know, like have a big fortress there. And like, why does he even have a life as Clark Kent? You know, it's like, it's like things like that to me. It's like, where like the overpowering of Superman isn't his strength or his speed or his flight to me. It's, it's the hearing and the, and the vision, which is like weird, you know, but to think, but I think that's what makes him, that's what boosts him from being a superhero to being like the godlike kind of character. Again, mentioning the George Reeve show. So it just concluded our coverage of season one of that show on another exciting episode in the adventures of Superman. Be sure to check it out. Ken was on a couple of them. We had a lot of fun. There's at least one episode. It's where he's, he appears to be using super hearing, but it's very limited. He's like listening through a wall. He he Mm -hmm. might not even be using. He's (laughs) pressed up against the wall. So again, I feel like there are degrees to this where, yeah, yeah, maybe he, he is enhanced, but to be able to hear anything in the world, it, it puts a different spin on it and it allows you to have those, those moments of him floating above the earth. If you want that. And I, you know, I don't know. I guess it cuts, it cuts both ways well, or like, sometimes maybe that works and other times maybe not. I like, um, I like the, the go to the x-ray vision, like how they handled it in Smallville where it actually looks like an x-ray. And so like there's, it's a very specific version of like, of how this could be useful. So it's not like he's like peeling back layers of like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's literally like, it's like pff, he sees an x-ray and like skeletons and it's like, and he doesn't have the telescopic, like you can see like, like 500 miles away and stuff like that. You know, like it's limited, you know, speaking of Smallville, but also tying it back to the show as we wrap up here. So what are, what are the odds that we're going to find out next season that this Jimmy is really, is really Henry, Henry James Olsen. And the, and the real, and the real Jimmy is still in high school. <laughs> Or elementary school. <laughs> if they did that, dude, if they did that, oh my God, that would be like the best Easter egg. That would be if, crazy. Yeah, listen, if they, I, I love this, I don't want them to make this version Henry, but if they yeah. did some sort of Henry James Olsen nod oh in season God, two, that would be great. That'd that would be, be so dope. 
producers, if you're listening, <laughs> when I say, listening, when I say that would be great and dope, I, I'm saying that ironically. I think that would be ridiculous, but I, you know what? No, I, I, again, I wouldn't want them to turn this Jimmy into Henry James, but if there's some kind of nod, there's a little brother, something like that. I wouldn't mind it because yeah, I, you know what? You're right. You're right. Cause I feel like, I don't know when we talked about this in a, in a recent episode or, or when I was on the always Smallville podcast, I forget, but I feel like someone said that they've they've done something with Henry James in, in recent comics. I don't know offhand. If anyone can really? point me in the direction, please do. But I guess part of me feels like that Smallville bit has always haunted me. And, <laughs> and, but part of it is that it's, it's in isolation. It just feels like this thing that they came up with because they were, they felt like they were stuck. But if it's acknowledged or incorporated anywhere else, then maybe it'll have more meaning and I'll feel like, okay, it's part of the lore. <laughs> what if, what if he has an older brother that's Henry James Olsen? Yeah. What if there's like, it's not this, what if this Jimmy is the real Jimmy, but he's got an older brother that's yeah like the CEO of like Olsen tech or something. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Or when he was on, uh, you know, at Cadmus, they cloned him or something unbeknownst yeah. to him and that becomes Henry. Yeah. They even threw in Cadmus here. Yeah. And Monsieur Mala and the brain. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The the gorilla. Yeah, yeah. That was crazy. Um, do you would you think in season two they're gonna throw in Batman? I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if they would be allowed. As we know, there are always restrictions. I don't know. Do you? I mean, I think if it was up to them, they definitely would. But like, because they like were like whoever works on the stuff they just can't help themselves they're like we need to throw batman in this as fast as possible but like i hope they don't i really do. I, I just want to keep this superman only you know as much as i love all the other dc characters like i'd love to see this a flash for this or a green lantern or something but just keep it superman i agree I at totally least for agree. at least for the season two maybe in season three or four maybe you can maybe if the bruce tim cartoon the new one is like they could tie them together. Maybe nah. you know what though? No, 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 because I'm sure stylistically they don't look the same. So yeah. Yeah. Let, let this just be Superman. Let it, let it do its thing. And again, as much as I know, we do seem to be headed towards Brainiac and Zod and that's totally fine. And maybe Lex as well. But I, I do also tip my hat to them because again, silver Banshee live wire, baby heat wave, <laughs> general lane i mean we parasite, parasite? I mean, even parasite like parasite's like kind of like a c-list character that like never gets used and stuff yeah so. i mean all right mixie's a bigger name but but still they really Not really though like well, i guess it's all right yeah I, well you know what that's true i think in the comic to the comic book audience yes but to the general audience yeah, yeah not so much so no i give them credit for for they didn't use lex like no. like like you said maybe maybe alex um is that maybe that is lex but he wasn't using in any sort of like main antagonist villain way, you know, which is usually like the go-to thing with Superman stuff. So is there anything else about this season that, that we didn't talk about that you wanted to, man, I hope it goes for a long time. I, I, I don't mean to be a, I don't mean to be cynical. I just feel like if this thing is such an undeniable hit, then well, yes, I could see that. Let me ask you that. So I, I haven't really been, paying that much attention to what people have been saying online. Like is your consensus, like from what, from what you've heard the, the chatter on the interwebs, like do people like it? And not like, like what's the consensus from most people? It, it seems to be, but it's very, always very hard to try to get any kind of consensus. And also I have been purposely trying to avoid as much as possible because I haven't been current. So I, gotcha. I can't really, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not positive. And also with the ratings, that's always a bit nebulous with these streaming services. So, so I, I don't mm. know. But I feel like, yes, if it does really well and it's such an undeniable hit, then yeah, maybe we would see more. If it's not, 
I could see it falling away after this two season order is completed. And the other thing too is, even though James Gunn, the Overlord, I like for people who are really listening. I know every time I say this man's name, there's a tone that I, I can't help it. I'm sorry, I can't help it. But if if James Gunn has a certain vision, right, that this doesn't fit into as much as he's allowed for Elseworlds and side mm. projects and things like that, but I don't know if he has some other plan that doesn't involve this. I, I could see, even if it is successful, I could see it being a victim to that. So I, I don't, yeah. there are just so many X factors. Well, like in this world of streaming, like what does success even mean? Like, how do you monetize something that's streaming? You know, that's why I was asking if there was toys. Cause like, if there's no advertising and there's no toy sales, like how are they actually like making money off of it? You know? So, so well, yeah. Well, I mean, again, I think between the airing on, on cable. On oh yeah, Swim, yeah, yeah. You said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and subscribers. Right for for yeah. Max, so we'll see. They'll, oh, actually, speaking of Mister Gunn, the, I, if if he takes any inspiration from this show, mm-hmm. I think Superman Legacy would be well served by. Oh, that. definitely, definitely <clears throat> for sure. Yeah, like there'd be like like just from the design aspect, all of it would be so cool. Like that'd be awesome, and like totally like with the characters, like how their personalities are and stuff, that'd be really cool. The the firm Daily Planet setting, the focus on them as reporters. Lois and Clark and Jimmy as peers, a mm-hmm. focus on the romance that's a, that's mutual and that feels mm-hmm. earned and believable and and genuinely romantic and sweet. You know, mm-hmm. there are a lot of great moments. I, again, not to take us a field, I will wrap it up, but it's just so funny to me because w- what we know about Superman Legacy is that it's it apparently will have this focus on the Daily Planet and 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 that then that world. And when he announced that Henry Cavill wouldn't be coming back, it was that he essentially was too old, right? And he was telling a different version of the story. But then I don't know if you saw these recent headlines where I guess on Twitter, someone said, oh yeah, James Gunn is doing a young Superman movie. And he's like, no, I'm not doing a young Superman movie. So it's like, what? what? Oh, really? I didn't, I didn't notice that. I didn't hear that. So it's about his earlier days, but it's not a young Superman movie, but Henry Cavill's too old. Anyway, well, forever. You have a lot of feelings about I it. I have a lot of feelings. Yeah. We have two more years to try to make yeah. sense of all this. But in any event, really, this this show, I was I was really, really very pleasantly surprised. I, by. I was too, man, because when it when it was announced and like when I saw it pop up on HBO Max, like I my initial gut reaction was like, this is probably not going to be for me. You know, I was probably like, no, whatever, I'll check it out. I know you 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 told me about it, so I'm like, I'll check it out, whatever. And like like I said in that first scene with the donut thing, I was like, this is. This is a well-written show. And then when the action started, I was like, oh, this is, this is cool. This is really kick-ass. So yeah, I, I'm very happy with it. And I, I hope that it keeps going, you know, and hopefully they'll make, to- like going back to the toy thing, like the designs of the show would make great toys, like that Parasite Godzilla and stuff. Like, so if they don't make, that's would be shocking to me if they didn't, but. As soon as we're done, I'll we'll look it up and we'll <laughs> yeah. see. I can, I just, I haven't seen anything. So I, I don't know, but yeah, I would be great if they are, that would be really cool. And yeah, just the personalities really, I think they just nailed yeah. who these characters are. And like I said, it was a very, very endearing show. And for some reason you, you, you listen to our whole episode, but you haven't watched any of the cartoon, <laughs> like, well, thank you for listening, but really go, go watch the show. To tell your friends about it. it. If they like, if they like comic books or Superman or whatever, like just like, you know, spread the word for it and be like, Hey, this show's pretty cool. You know? So the, honestly, like I said, there was that interview with one of the producers on Superman homepage and, they asked a version of that question, like what, what can fans do? And she said like, watch it yeah. and tell people about it and tweet about it or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. And I, 
get the sense we might be doing a season two episode, like not too long from now because they've been working on it. So hopefully that's yeah. something that maybe when you think like early, early, like January, are you hoping? Oh, I don't, would it be that? Cause we're already in September. I don't know if, it, I don't know that it would be that soon, but I'm going to say I would, I feel like in 2024, yeah. we'll see it. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely 2024, but whether it's like in the summer or like earlier is like what I'm thinking, like yeah. maybe April, maybe that'd be cool. Like who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Listen, this was really a lot of fun. Thank you for joining me. For oh, this. thank you so much for having me, man. Like this is so much fun uh, talking about it. And thank you for telling me about the show to begin with to watch it because like much like Superman and Lois, like you're, <laughs> you're the reason why, like, cause I, I've um, like, like I do, I do love comic book stuff and I love superheroes, but like, there's so much of it out now that I just don't like watch everything. And like, I kind of like, especially with my wife, like for us to both watch stuff, like I, I need like kind of like the push from someone to be like, this is good or bad or whatever. So, um, thank you for telling me about the show. Cause I, I probably wouldn't have watched it unless you, if you didn't tell me about it. So no, my pleasure. I'm so glad you liked it and that you wanted to talk about it. This was fun. So where would you like to direct folks and any projects they want? Oh to yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Um, so follow me on Instagram at, at V Ken Marion and on Twitter slash X at, at VK Marion. And, uh, yeah, I'm getting ready for New York comic con. So if you're in the New York area, hopefully I'll see you there. And I'm currently working on a creator owned book that I'm, we're hoping to announce pretty soon. Like we, I just got, um, logo designs, like for the, the title for the, the, for the front of the book. I got a bunch of them in today. Um, Mark Roslin, he's the graphic designer at Aspen and we're actually hired him to, to help us out with this. So like the logo looks sick. Um, we're, yeah, hopefully it'll, it'll be if if you like superheroes, if you like, um, good versus evil, like all, like all the stuff that we talk about, the things that we like about like heroism and stuff, um, this will be a great book to, um, that, that hopefully you guys will like. So yeah, follow my pages and be on the lookout for that, uh, new project. Cause I'm super excited about it. I'm like amped about it. I'm like co-writing it. So it's going to be really cool. Very, I'm excited. Yeah. I hope everyone will stay tuned for that. And folks, you might've seen this floating around on social media, but Ken has, a gorgeous 90s themed oh yes yes variant cover to steelworks number six amazing thank amazing. you man thank you so even much if you, hopefully you've been reading the miniseries but even if you haven't like <laughs> grab this cover if you have any affinity for the 90s dc heroes oh thank thank you so everyone is on there it's so cool thank you so much for me yeah i just want i want to do want to plug that like that was uh paul kaminsky shout out he uh he let me do so steel like as you know listeners on here if you've been listening a while steel is one of my favorite characters from when i was a kid and um i got an opportunity to draw a variant cover for number six and it's like steel but like everyone else like connor hawk kyle rayner asriel uh, bloodwind uh 90s supergirl 90s superboy 90s robin like literally every version of like the 90s characters that we had growing up um they're all on there so yeah it's that was so much fun very cool yeah i hope everyone will check that out. i'm looking forward to to be able to have that in my hands as well. So thank you, Ken. Thank you, audience. I hope you enjoyed this little interlude in our Red Skies event. If you missed Crisis Talk, don't worry, because we're back. Red Skies resumes next week with Chapter 8. I'm joined by returning guest Mike San Gregorio. We had an epic, epic conversation about Grant Morrison's Final Crisis, and I'm going to steal a line from the Barbie marketing campaign. If you hate Final Crisis... <laughs> Well, I'll start with the positive. If you love Final Crisis, this episode is definitely for you. If you hate Final Crisis or you're a little on the fence about Final Crisis, this episode is still for you. I think we we had a very uh, fair and thorough discussion about it. So I hope everyone will tune in. <laughs> nice. Can't wait to listen to that. 
All right. So thank you all. Make sure you come back next week. And of course, as always, it's about what you do. It's about action. This show is part of the Flat Squirrel Podcast Network, home to Digging for Kryptonite, another exciting episode in the adventures of Superman, Summoning the Zords, and My Comic Shop History, available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review today. Sign up at patreon.com slash anthonydesiato for additional content. Thank you all.